Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Bada Binga, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening on the SNS Network. Stay tuned or you will feel Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash. You're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. And you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. This is Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame 2011. And you are listening on SNS Radio Network. See ya. And I wouldn't want to be here. Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The Stone Cold Set Show. The world is listening. Four, 
Welcome, welcome, one and all, to yet another episode of The Whole Indie Show, here on the SNS Radio Network. Let me introduce my co-host first, just because I don't think he's been introduced first so far in the time we've been doing this show, so it's the Sun City Saviour, Randy McWilliams. Randy, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's a little different doing it first, but... That doesn't matter to me because I'm happy and for a reason, not because of wrestling wise. It's because the Broncos pulled off a badass comeback on Monday Night Football down from 24, beat the hate at San Diego Chargers. I hate that team so much. You don't even want to know. So (laughs) I'm pretty happy about that. And I hate Phillip Rivers. He's a good quarterback, but he's a fucking dick. So we'll move on from there. And... The person that has been introducing it and been hogging the limelight or whatever, as some people might look at it, is Ashley. That is my nom. Because I decided to just say it in name in French, just to confuse people. Not my name. I don't know what my name would be in French. I don't know either. Probably Dasher Hatfield. But anyway. <laughs> Just as long as I'm not part of sex. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, we'll jump into a little bit of news first. And some interesting stuff regarding what happened this past Wednesday. Or this past Tuesday, if you read the internet at all. Because main event was on. Kofi beat Miz for the title, if you saw it on Wednesday. However, the majority of people would already know that. Because on Tuesday night, both the WWE Main Events Facebook page and their, I don't know if it was the Insiders account or the WWE Twitter account, decided to tell the fans that Kofi won. So basically, there was no reason to watch main event and even Jim Ross got a little bit upset by this not be, not happy by the fact that they were revealing the result of the match even before it happened which it's Randy you mentioned this in the pre-show about the relative. it's relatively similar to the Christian Orton thing but was that actually mentioned by WWE or was it just leaked and heavily over the news sites? Kind of um, as far as I know, it wasn't mentioned by the WWE personally. I do remember the news sites leaking a lot of this, which is the funny thing about this, too, because you would think, because it would already be found out either way by the spoilers, but WWE decides to put one over the IWC yet again with... Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. With, by posting it, by posting the spoiler themselves, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, because it it depends on how you look at it. Because it's either 
they're spoil they're giving away the results for free and nobody's going to watch it or you're luring people in to want to see it like oh watch this title change happen so it's kind of a catch-22 maybe in that sense or yeah. maybe not so much catch-22 but damned if you do damned if you don't in that way and i've been hearing people talking about they don't want to watch the show now because they found out and that stopped you from watching wrestling since then now or <laughs> like it's kind yeah. of it's a dodgy move yeah i can kind of see why you shouldn't necessarily do it as tony shivani very <laughs> very famously pointed out how mick <laughs> foley put a lot of butts, in, of butts seats. in seats yes yeah but, that famous line there. Yeah. We will have to see if there's any repercussions for the ratings, because it's not like I don't think there's anything major on Wednesday that would be up against, probably apart from the American X Factor. <laughs> probably the presidential debate on constant 24-hour loop, because we're getting it over here, and we don't even vote it for America. You don't want to hear about binders full of women or how the 47% is this and or how the 47% doesn't do jack shit for their jobs or whatever. Speaking of percentages, <laughs> we might as well mention that the 87% were proved right this past Sunday in the fact that PWG's co-owner, Jerry Ryan, is now in TNA. Thanks to his victory against Al Snow, possibly with assistance from Matt Morgan. I'm just wondering, because he is supposed to be doing an appear... He's supposed to be having a match, I think, for the next PWG card next month. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. The only... What I'm wondering with that, too, is would they let them slide, even considering that Joey Ryan either is an owner or I don't know if he still is an owner. I don't know exactly who owned PWG. Now I know the only two I really know that have any really power is Super Dragon and Excalibur. They're both well, Excalibur retired and Super Dragon injured. Apparently it's I'm trying to think who were the six people that formed It was I can tell you right now. It was Disco Machine, Top Gun, Talwar, Scott Loss, Joey Ryan, Super Dragon and Excalibur. I think Top Gun might be the other one. Top Gun. Well, that's uh, he might be, he, but he he's left the fourth, a long time ago. I think he's the, I think he's the fourth owner. Because it, it lists on Wiki, which probably isn't real, but... <clears throat> not real, not true. But it lists the four current owners as Top Gun, Super Dragon, Ryan, and Excalibur. Um, that's what I'm wondering, too. Maybe Talwar is still involved with him. I haven't heard anything about him being with them at all. I know Scott Lost is pretty much done with wrestling. Or, yeah, he retired. Disco, I don't think wrestles anymore either. Top Gun, I don't know so much. So, yeah, then I had heard, I read, I remember reading something a while back about how the Young Bucks had ownership in PWG at one point. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Mm. 
But as far as I know, the main two that have anything in power is Super Dragon and Excalibur. So, yeah. If anything, I'd lean towards Joey Ryan maybe not appearing at the show. But hopefully they'd kind of let him. But we'll see. I think he'll still be in charge, but he obviously won't be making any appearances. Yeah. Especially due to the thing we discussed the last week about the fact that they can't appear on DVDs, TNA talents. Yeah, and they do sell DVDs. Quite heavily. <laughs> yeah. Now, another thing that's worth bringing up is, by the looks of it, WWE is moving into yet another non-wrestling venture. Thankfully, this time, it doesn't involve either football or bodybuilding. And one of those was maybe watchable. <laughs> oh, no, the football wasn't too bad. I the football really was better much. than the NFL with the amateur referees. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Well, you did have that badass toss, how they would do it, how they'd have to fight for the ball. That was at least one cool thing. But other than that, all you got was the ball and he hate me. And the yeah. Tommy Maddox who was in, I think, won the XF, their XFL ball and played for the Steelers for some time before Big Ben came in. Hmm. But, yes, the the news is that the Rolling Stones, I think, second concert in New York in mid-December is going to be broadcast live on pay-per-view. That's pretty cool. It's certainly different. Normally, you just get a Martin Scorsese movie <laughs> or something like that. But why can't we have that for the London shows? Surely they're more significant having it in London rather than in rather than in I don't know if it's New York or New Jersey I think it's New York isn't it yeah uh, actually New Jersey is just outside of oh it is in Jersey okay or is yeah it's just out of sight uh, yeah East Rutherford somewhere that's got you in the title if you want to be that annoying but New England shows would have meant more but it's the 50th anniversary. The Americans probably won't care, just as long as there isn't another uh, gimme shelter moment. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where that was. Brass Eye will probably tell me off the thing and be appalled that I completely forgot that that's where the person got killed. Oh, I know which one. Uh, gimme shelter. Altamont. Altamont, California. I actually mm-hmm. seen that. Part, uh, portion of the video, yeah, you see, you clearly see him get murdered. Yeah, well, that was probably the whole point of some people watching that, unless they were into the '60s shit, which isn't necessarily bad music, but pretty much signaled the end of the free it's kind of what makes, It's kind of what makes the movie, which is the sad thing. Yeah, because even the even the band at the time didn't know it happened. Yeah. It was only in the post-production, because I'm guessing the band was involved in producing it as well, that they actually saw it, and I was like, oh, damn. <clears throat> so, yeah, we'll see how successful that is. Hopefully it does well, because then we can have the Stones at WrestleMania 29 instead of stupid Flowrider. <laughs> mm. Anybody but him. Speaking of 
well, the, the big pay-per-views, a couple of news regarding them. The upcoming Survivor Series, apparently there was a plan put in place to have it go old school in the fact that every single uh, every single match w- could have been Survivor Series elimination. I would like that. That'd be pretty cool. The last time that happened was possibly 89 or 90? I believe it was 1990, the first... Yeah, 1990, when they did the... the, the uh, what was it the Survivor Series Challenge? The Ultimate Challenge? Don't know. Can't remember the name off the bat. And it doesn't help that it was <laughs> just slightly before I was born. Because obviously 91 had the gravest challenge, and that was yes. the Undertaker Hulk Hogan, so that was... That was, I think I was only like a week old when that happened. Or I was just, but, I was just born not too long, or uh, yeah. before that happened. But, yeah, so it's it would have been 22 years since the last time when it was all there. To be honest, it makes sense that it isn't, because no. I think in this nature of basically pay-per-views every month, people are used to the title being on the line every month. Or at least one of the titles being on the line. They don't really want to do a, oh, look, no titles are on the line, but we'll just see who wins these matches. Well, you could still, I think you could still do it, but it depends on, it's going to, I do agree, it's going to be kind of hard to do it without a title match now, especially in this day and age where you, you you can have at least one of the titles get defended in some shape or form. Hmm. And usually has, I believe, pretty much, yeah, all the... I can't think of the last one where a title wasn't defended. It probably would be technically 98 because that's when it was getting won. Actually, 98 would be it if you think about it. The last time that you had a title... I, I think a match with a title champion, but never, they never fought for it, would have been probably No Way Out 2007. Yeah. Um, that was no, 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 no. Cha- um, oh, no, uh, Champion Champions was before that. that they did I think- that. Yeah, that was Cyber Sunday 06, I think, yeah. No, it was... Um, the yeah, no way out. Oh seven was Undertaker the and Batista, WrestleMania opponents teaming up. Yeah, and I think ever since then, at least one of the matches has been for, at least one of the matches anyway has been for the title. As far as I know, because I'd had to, if we go down the history a bit, Cena pretty much defended it the whole. Yeah, there's pretty much virtually there. <laughs> We're pretty much saying the same thing. Yeah, there's no... Uh, yeah, there has to be. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Just go with so, that. <laughs> but anyway, it was a nice idea, but it makes sense to at least have some Survivor Series matches to keep with tradition, but then have some matches, and then have, I don't know, Brock Lesnar eat Colin Delaney. Bring him back. Hmm. Speaking of other people coming back, the other report that seems to be doing the rumor mills now is that Batista could be making a 
possible return at the Royal Rumble. Probably only as a one-off thing rather than full-time. Yeah. But what's, what's your thoughts on that? Would you like to see Batista back possibly for a special appearance? I wouldn't mind Batista back. That'd be pretty. That'd be pretty cool. Faces off against Roy back and Lesnar, and then everybody's going. There's too much steroids in there. Get him out. Or if him, him and Cena facing off would be a big thing, especially how Batista left WWE. Well, he quit, but the, his last chair strapped to the top of a car. <laughs> That would be funny if they kept continuity. Batista just rolls down in the wheelchair and then just gets up from it. And then just plays Mankind's tape recording. I quit. I quit. It was exactly the same as that. The way that Batista left. But, yeah. Look on it what you will. No doubt it's probably split 50-50 as people do do and don't want to see him elsewhere on the internet now this is not in full because the as we are taping this on the Wednesday the list gets released the Thursday the PWI Women's 50 has been announced and as of this time we know that who's the number one and that interestingly is Gail Kim Which I guess makes sense because of the fact that she did hold the belt, I think, for 210 days, which is an impact record, well, TNA record anyway. And well, it says TNA record, but didn't Angelina Love hold it for a year or something? I don't believe so. I thought her, somebody held that belt for years, unless we're talking pre-TNA, when it was TNA, when it was still NWA, even though it wasn't even an NWA title, I think. So, yeah. I don't know, but your thoughts on Gail Kim joining Madison Eagles and Michelle McCall and Mickey James being a... PWI Women's 50 winner? Um, I don't think she should have necessarily won. I probably would have gone for somebody else. But I have no problem with her winning the award. So Yeah. But it's hard for me because I don't know if I'd necessarily say Del Rey, especially since he ascended and was put on the male... P- or, what's hard to say, but yeah, the PW i500 list so maybe not necessarily her but i'd say possibly somebody from the indies because wwe wise maybe you could have gone with beth eve and not necessarily eve eve i could see in the top 10 possibly beth phoenix kelly not kelly kelly would have made it regardless of her reign and how people think of her she would have been in there um yeah, I think I I could see Beth Phoenix at Eve WWE wise, indie wise, possibly mention Del Rey. Um 
maybe Jessica Havoc, even though she's kind of lesser known to some people in women's wrestling. In hell, Le- even maybe, uh Say that again? I was going to say Leva Bates, because how many people get nah. to knock out Hulk Hogan or wait? <laughs> that, that was pretty cool, but no. Nah. Not even leave it. Not to say it like that. But I was gonna say it. if it was if it was that kind of situation, I think we might be able to give it to Bubba's ex. Oh shit! <laughs> As the only time I am making a reference to that this week. That's fine. I don't care to make a reference or yeah. was thinking about trying to make one, but nonetheless, it's here. Head was at a good. You're just gonna be you're just gonna be there in your office if we need you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. um but if we did want to say somebody for where she worked at at Shimmer, I'd say maybe cheerleader Melissa or the Knights, honestly. Paige. Um, uh Paige I could see in the top ten because she did do a lot uh um in England and here in America too, or Soraya Knight, who is still the current Shimmer champion, and honestly, one of the most. Uh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I can see Melissa maybe getting it back, even though nobody's ever won it twice in Shimmer. Her in the title match, we'll get hmm. to because Sandro has sent in a heck of a lot of indie news. Mm. She's pretty. But nice. Soraya Knight's a. Started to cut you out there, but yes, Ryan Knight's pretty over heel. I'd say maybe hurt. Yeah, I think she's done pretty well. In fact, the, the Knight family just put them both as number one or something. Yeah, that wouldn't. That I would have a problem with that. Both of them are very talented. The moms and incre- like I've mentioned before, an incredible heel. If you ever watch any Shimmer or can find a clip of her, just watch her entrance alone, like before a match and afterwards, just. Very crazy, and I'm just yeah. You don't want to fuck with her. Let's just say that. Yeah. Jeez, very good. Yeah. And final bit of news from myself is <clears throat> SmackDown's going super again. Except it seems to have no purpose for going super because SmackDown is going to be moving to Tuesday for one week only. On U.S. Election Day. Oh, dear. The reason why I say, oh, dear, is because normally Super Smackdown's alive. Only issue is, that week of the election, they're going to be doing their U.K. and European tour. Yeah. So, how the hell is this Super... Hmm. Um. Yeah, we as we were mentioning this earlier on in the in our pre-show chat, I was trying to think about this too. How it would be? I was thinking election-wise, Super Tuesday, which our producer pointed out to me is for the primaries. So, yeah. Um. I don't know because they're that sure that uh, Linda will win. (laughs) Maybe <laughs> they do have Linda McMahon to worry Super about. Super SmackDown because once she's in, we're gonna go back to Attitude Era. No, <laughs> yeah, that probably won't happen. Yeah. Um, but then again, they really couldn't do anything to her until like election time came around. 
it's all like, oh, well, your husband is doing this. Oh, yeah, my husband's doing this. And you know what? I'm senator, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, I under- yeah, that's this one thing, too, regardless of how you feel about Linda McMahon political-wise, and I understand you can attack them because that's pretty much a politician's M.O. for that, but does it really matter what she did WWE-wise when it matters in politics? I don't think that Owen Hart's death is going to determine how Connecticut is run <laughs> or yeah. anything else they want to bring in their skeletons or whatever. Like, oh, I don't know. Just I don't even really care to come think of what they would bring up. They'd probably bring up like that the Owen Hart, Chris Benoit, anything that WWE doesn't want you to know or they can't mention. Well, they can bring up Owen Hart as long as Martha doesn't sue them, which is pretty much every time. I'm just wondering if they want it to be truly super, they should do it like the presidential debates that have been happening. Whereas if you watch it on your <laughs> Xbox, you get a WWE 13 avatar or something. <laughs> That's the most stupidest offer ever. See three of the four presidential and vice presidential debates on your Xbox, and you get a Halo 4 avatar item. <clears throat> Woot. Woot. <clears throat> but, yeah. Go. Do something. I've Either vote or watch SmackDown. You have to do one or the other, or you will die, or something. You heard that him. Might That's some kind of do. weird. That might be some kind of weird tie-in to the song that closes out the segment, perhaps. But <clears throat> anyway, now to Sandro's indie news, and we've actually got some results from Beyond Wrestling. Oh, I have heard of these guys from New York City. So we've got stuck. We apparently stuck. This was from last Saturday, October the 13th. The Elimination Eight Man Tag opened the show with Team, team Tremendous, Dan Barry, Ken Scampy, Bill Carr, and Tim Hughes, defeating the Professional Revolution, who comprise of JT Dunn, Mark Sherman, Leon, and Max St. Giovanni, with John Harder. What is it with poor names? I don't know. <clears throat> but apparently, Dan Barry was the sole survivor after it came down to him versus Dunn and Sherman. And there was miscommunications all around with the professional revolution. And everyone beat up John Harder post-match. And because of that, it must mean the professional resol- revolution has to disband. Next up, uh, Aaron Epic defeated Eric Corvus by DQ when Mike Quest interfered. So apparently, this is a reuniting of the Garden State gods. And beat up Aaron Epic until good old Sugar Dunkerton makes oh, a yeah. sense. Oh, yeah, because Aaron Epic and um, Sugar Dunkerton are a team. I think they team up in Resistance Pro 2, which is a promotion that I forgot about a little bit that we will be covering pretty soon. And. Just a little fun fact for you. One of the guys that runs it, he goes by the name of, I don't know if you've heard him, Billy Corgan. Oh, yes. Smashing Gunquats. Yes. <laughs> Melancholy and the Infinite <laughs> Happiness. Yes, yes. Of course, that's not stop, what stop the album of, the cover stop is. Stop talking about melons. 
enough <laughs> porno talk. Yeah. You're the one who brought up the porno talk. I'm bringing up a Smashing Pumpkins <laughs> reference there. But oh uh, well. We'll, we'll, we'll say tata after that joke. That's all I'm yes. saying. Yes. Yes. Uh, next up, we have Mr. Touchdown defeating Max Raptor. And apparently, Touchdown doesn't like that Nick Talent has accused him of being Mark Angel and is coming for him. Oh, yeah. I think they're doing something in Beyond Wrestling where he works as Mark Angel, and then there are two different people Mark Angel and Mark Angel Setti, aka Mr. Touchdown. And then. I, this is. Danny and Danny Todd and Sean Harddrive are defeated by Team My Team Money and Russ Myers, but I don't know if this is their actual name, but this is the best tag team name ever. Jollyville Fuck, it's Russ Myers and Team Money. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's, that's even better than I don't know. It's even better than Jesse and Festus or something. I don't know. Something that's a brilliant name. Oh God! Oh, did you see? I knew one of the names you were gonna trip out about because I was just thinking beyond wrestling. uh, You'll probably you're probably about to say it right now. This is Johnny Cockstrong, right? Yes, more porno. Dave Cole defeated Johnny Cockstrong after interference from Mark Angel, who mysteriously mm. wasn't wearing an American football helmet. Whoops! <clears throat> I think we might have yeah, keyfabed it there. I don't know, but uh, we also had Usurper defeat Addy Star. DUI? Who, who's in DUI? Do not know off the bat that something. Uh, they apparently they won and defeated the worst case scenario, Eli Evans and Ethan Case. Then we had Jacker defeat Matthew Justice. The Garden State Gods defeating Epic and Sugar Dunkerton, who were the KOA, is that an acronym? Yes. The it's something of apocalypse, I forgot what it, it was like the Knights of Apocalypse or something like okay. that. I might not be that might not be the exact name, but I do remember I think hearing them called that. And it used to be Aaron Epic, Sugar Dunkerton, and um 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 what's and Pinky Sanchez. But I believe Pinky Sanchez turned on them. Or you, you just mentioned yeah. that. Or <laughs> I know it did happen. <laughs> Sorry if I have some short term memory right there. <laughs> the Garden State Gods came on top of that and by the looks as the main event was a last man standing match between T T J Marconi. And he beat Darius Carter. It says Chris Dickinson is the guest referee. Is that got some kind of storyline or? Um, I'm not too familiar with Beyond Wrestling. Oh, sadly, it, I do know looks, some of it. It looks like it's in the description. Carter Uh-oh. was mostly in control. Non-stop punishment from Carter, including a kendo stick and a chain. Yeah, it's ECW. <laughs> more and more weapons involved. Marconi won't stay down. And Marconi gets the win with a lariat and emerald flosion. And then post-match, Chris Dickinson lays out Marconi. And apparently Chris is pissed because Beyond gave him no attention when he got hurt. And that he hasn't been getting any respect. Well done, CM Punk. <clears throat> mm. 
But yeah, that's that's the Beyond show, and then also apparently it was a double bill with women superstars uncensored. With their full steam ahead show. Oh, because I can explain to you that because women superstars uncensored, aka WSU, had recently been bought out by Beyond Wrestling owner uh-huh. Denver, Colorado. Oh, that's the guy you heard. Okay, so yeah, okay, Denver, Colorado, the guy from that was announcing that he runs Beyond Wrestling. Oh, okay. His real name started to <laughs> go. Well, it's not like sorry, Dale Drew Cudero. <laughs> well, Keefe. Yeah, I'm uh, pulling the curtain yet again. Drew, uh, his name is uh, Drew Cordero, and he um, and he owns WSU now, as well as Beyond Wrestling, and announces sometimes on Chikara. We're pulling the curtain so much, we're going to have to get the drapers. Well, it's one of those that's already been pulled. I don't want to necessarily kind of be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. out him. We'll probably, I'll probably mention him as Denver, Colorado more often than not. Mainly because that's where I'm born at. Yeah. And the funny thing, he says, Denver, Colorado, the man, not the place. <laughs> yeah, that's genius. So, with this full steam ahead card, we had Calamity defeat Lever Bates. I don't know what she was cosplaying as this time. Probably not Some, as nice as Nate. Something. <laughs> Tina San Antonio defeated Brittany Savage. Maybe she was cosplaying as Sons of Anarchy. Oh, wait, that's what Aces of Eight is cosplaying <laughs> as. Addy Star defeated Jesse Brooks. And, wow, Mercedes Martinez and Lufisto went to a 30-minute time limit draw. Oh, yeah, Lufisto and Mercedes feuding now due to, during Mercedes, Martinez and Jessica Havoc's casket match, uh, Lufisto interfering in that match, leading to Havoc winning. But the whole locker room had to pull them apart post-match. They then announced that the next event will be a doubleheader with CZW in February. That should be interesting. Mm. Then we have Saturine defeat Nia, where the winner would earn a full-time roster spot. So Saturine is now full-time on WSU. It's perfect for her. This could be interesting to see her mix it up with women, since we've seen her mostly mix it up with the guys, and mm. other than Sarah Del Rey, I believe, in Shakar. But... Yeah, she she has a lot of upswings, so it's gonna be interesting to see what she can do it for being so for being pretty good. I don't want to say so good because she probably still has a lot to learn, but she, I haven't really seen her look like a rookie. Yeah, for what she is. <laughs> uh, we then had a non-title match between Annie Social and Kimberly taking on the tag team champions, the mid. The Midwest Militia of Sassy Steffi and Allison Kay. This match ended in no contest after Kimberly got hurt. And the Militia acts like their names and kick her while she's down. Yeah, the Militia are some very evil women in WSU. As I mentioned before, Jessica Havoc being the prime evil number one. And if and I and I've mentioned before how Soraya Knight is one of the best heel uh, women in wrestling. I think Jessica Havoc if ties her, if not tops her at that. I'd, I'd say they're one and two, depending on how you look at it. Uh, Jessica Havoc. Uh, uh, another thing, look, watch her promos. Very interesting promos that always have a bit, a little more to it than say what it is. And that's something that really makes her so special. In essence, in essence, the Midwest militia is 
the female version of scum. Yes, that's a perfect comparison right there. <laughs> that yeah, literally, that's a perfect comparison. <laughs> there you are, the female scum. Uh, the probably the most vile thing they've done was threatening to pull it using a machete in a match in a war games match and threatening to kill Mercedes Martinez with it unless her opponents quit for her or her uh, partners quit for her Brittany Savage and Amber then the WSU Spirit Championship (laughs) (laughs) I like how you just gloss over yeah that's how hardcore we are here at <laughs> that kind of just went whoa. I yeah. I wanted yeah, to gloss over. You see it, it's a big fucking machete. <laughs> I wanted to gloss over it because <laughs> I've got a fear of women with knives. Mm. I've seen plenty of dodgy movies where that's gone wrong. Hell just women with heels can go wrong. Just like a single white female. Oh, is that a bloodstained paper clip? <laughs> yes. Get this eye out of my heel, goddammit. But, yeah, the Spirit Championship, Marty Bell def- retained, defeating Nikki Adams. But then afterwards, a, mac- a masked wrestler comes out and challenges Marty Bell in Spanish. And Marty says, anytime, anywhere. Mm. So, I'm just trying to think, could it be Sarita, possibly? Maybe. I'm trying to think of somebody else that knows Spanish. Rosita. Lita Rosita. Uh, oh, yeah, Lita probably knows some Spanish. Possibly. Ricardo Rodriguez, you never know. <laughs> Chimera. Nicole Bass. We'll get Nicole Bass back. Chimera's NWSU. What the hell? <laughs> get the people from Triple Mania. Oh, <laughs> there's a lot of people you could probably go with. I don't know, uh, sexy star. Apparently, yeah. WWE didn't want her because she didn't know if up enough English and wasn't pretty enough. And I think like Sin Cara. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh man, that might have been the some best people best. have said that with. That some some wrestlers, some Mexican wrestlers without the mask, look uglier than that defaced painting a few weeks back. Oh man, yeah, Sin Cara is not, and I think I saw him without the mask when he was here in El Paso, but I didn't recognize him off the bat because I've seen what he looks like without it, but it, I've it looked at it clear or don't remember it off the bat. But yeah, those pictures I did see, yeah. He, there's when Rey Mysterio took off the mask, and there's when <laughs> if Sin Cara ever does take off the mask, we probably will, <laughs> and then uh, they'll make everybody forget it and put it back on him, <laughs> kind of like Kane. <laughs> but anyway, the final match was for the world title, and it was Jessica Havoc defending against both Lexus and Alicia. And she pinned Alicia to get the win. And Lexus was very pissed with this and wanted a one-on-one match with Havoc rather than a triple threat. Mm. So interesting stuff there. Especially Saturine. She could do very well. Yeah, And whoever this masked 
Spanish person is. Whoever it may be, we don't know exactly for sure, but we'll probably yeah. soon find out. Next, we move to Dragon Gate USA. And the news came this week that ACH will make his debut for the promotion next yes. month. Yes! <laughs> and Root. we mentioned... Didn't we mention it last week or two weeks ago? About how his lack of not being there? And yeah, I mentioned he hasn't it on been there in He hasn't wrestled there at all. Yeah, he hasn't been there. He should be there. And then He is going to be there. Magic, <laughs> the shopkeeper up here. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, apparently this is because of Frightmare being injured, and he's out the triple shot weekend. Oh no, that's a, this is another thing. Sorry, because of Frightmare being injured, he's out of the. I guess I guess they say triple shot weekend. That's because it's a free night card, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I can't remember what they're called. I know the first one is Fearless. On November the second, but in his place will be Jigsaw. <laughs> So, the card listed for November the 2nd, you've got AR Fox versus Ricochet in a respect match. What's about, what's this in respect? Every wrestling company's got respect. <laughs> Is Aretha Franklin paying them all? Maybe. Somebody was mentioning Aretha not too long ago about respect. Wasn't it, was it Punk or... I forgot who I was, but I was seeing, somebody was talking about how they wanted respect, and somebody mentioned, oh, I think it was Quack. Yeah, it was Mike Quack. And I was watching uh, old Shikara show, their second, the second ever show they did, back on May 31st, 2002, and the Blind Rage was doing a promo with Ichabod Slane, who would end up becoming Icarus, and a heel Hall of Wicked. Yes, at one point, he was a heel. Actually started off as a heel. Mm. And um, they, they were forming the night shift, and Blind Rage was talking about how he wanted respect, and then Mike Quackenbush mentioned Aretha at one point. So that's where I heard it from. <laughs> also on that night, we've got Genki, Horaguchi, and Ryo Seata taking on the Super Smash Brothers, the winners of which get a tag title shot the following night. We've also got a special challenge match between Akira Tazawa and John Davis. And a special attraction match with Samurai Del Sol taking on Sammy Callahan. Mm. That should and be very interesting. For the second card, which is Uprising, on the third, the night after, he opened the United Gate title match where the winners of the aforementioned tag match take on the champs, Seema and AR Fox. And the losers of that tag match from night one will go on to face Ricochet and Rich Swan. Hmm. So either way, there's gonna, both teams are going to be in two matches. Then we've got a two out of three falls match between El Generico and Sammy Callahan. This could be good. A special challenge match with Akira Tozawa taking on Samurai Del Sol. And then a tag team challenge match with Eric Cannon and Pinky Sanchez. There he is. <laughs> taking, on, <coughs> taking on Jigsaw and Fire Ant. Oh dear. That should be very interesting there. 
And then as a bonus match for the live crowd, which will be a dark match and won't be on the DVD, apparently. Probably as a hidden extra. Soldier Ant versus ACH. Oh. So, Sandra, if you're listening, please go to the second night and just tell us what ACH is like. Because by the looks of it, it's not going to be on any kind of DVD or anything that we'll get to see. I believe they're doing it all three nights on iPay-Per-View. Yeah, but it's only going to be a dark match. It's not going to be on... Oh, okay, that one. So you have to be there in person to see it. Might be an internet exclusive, possibly. Most likely, dark matches or something like that. They'll put on the DTUSA TV, so I can see that happening. For if they put it on for free, it'll be like, wow. Because on November the 4th, night 3, ACH will actually be on the iPay-Per-View, taking on Eric Cannon. Then we've got a tag team challenge with Jigsaw and Fire Ant taking on the Super Smash Brothers. A first time ever between Seymour and Sammy Callahan. Uh, and then a double main event. First, the bonus match. Horaguchi and, Sa- and Saito versus El Generico and Samurai Del Sol. And then open the, the Open the Freedom Gate title is on the line. In a four-way elimination match as Johnny Gargano defends against Akira Tozawa, AR Fox, and Ricochet. Mm. That could be good. Yeah. And then, as if there wasn't any more, there still is more. There's so much that I'm having to shift the Shikara news to when we talk about Shikara in the next segment. Because Evolve Mm -hmm. have announced that their Evolve 18 show is coming in November, and that tickets will go on sale, and it's going to be a double header with CZW's Cage of Death. Ooh, that's going to be very interesting. Cage of Death... Evolve will be at four, and CCW's event will be at eight, and both will be on iPay-Per-View. I'm wondering what the Cage of Death match is going to be this year. Me personally, I'm kind of partial to like an elimination team format, but more more often than not, it's usually kind of a singles match. Or my bet right now, I'd say, is Tremont and Hyde. Hmm. That seems like the biggest feud that would get that. Because there's really nothing else that's that big. They fight like Unless you combine it. Death? Tremont and Hyde? No. Tremont fought, um, believe Danny Havoc, yeah. Okay. Then, also, we got Shine 4 news. Which, as of this going out, will have already happened. But Still need card- to watch Shine 3. That's a future. Yeah, the- Review. The card is that Daphne is going to be the hostess for the night. She always is. Unless she wasn't on the third one, but. I uh, but. The matches we've got Ryo O'Reilly versus Sue Young. Mm. Ra- Brandy Wine versus Kimberly. Kelly Slater versus Reby Sky. Rain versus Christina Von Erie. Mm. Former Maybe. TNA ta- uh, 
<laughs> interesting note. Both of them former TNA talents, but not for very long when they were in TNA. When was Rain on? Miss Painted Banks. Ah. And we've got Maiden Sim, which is Taylor Maid and Alison Kay with April Hunter taking on Davina Rose and Shazza McKenzie. Well, from Australia, Shazza McKenzie, Davina Rose, Kella, uh, from California. That's Crocodile Dundee, isn't it? <clears throat> Possibly. I was going to say you call that a knife reference, but after what we talked about earlier in the segment, I don't want to go there. But by the looks of it, you got three big matches. Mercedes Martinez taking on Santana, not Carlos. Santana Garrett, for those of you. Yeah. Jessica Havoc versus Leather Bates. Oh, you need to... I'll probably show you this during the break, the promo that Jessica Havoc does for Shine 4. Very interesting, and we'll detail one of those. Hell, you at home listening to this should look for the Jessica Havoc Shine 4 promo, even if you've already seen Shine or want to see Shine. Have to put it on the Facebook page, I think. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna need to start putting up a lot of shit on that Facebook page now. Not that I don't, but, but no that promo if it is if it's as good as you say it is, people need to see it. It's pretty interesting. Oh look for the link right now and then you can watch it. Especially people like Caitlin and people to know how to do good heel promos. <laughs> well, some people can do it and some people can't. And then, AJ Styles, well, yeah, it's another story. Anyway. <laughs> main event of Shine 4, the Shimmer title is on the line. As Soraya Knight defends against Jazz. Mm. So will we see a new champion? You'll already um, know. We don't. Yeah. I could see some sort of interview. Who was Jazz in the Megastar feud with for the first couple of... Uh, Mercedes shows? Martinez. Yeah, I was thinking I could see her interfere. Depends how grueling her matches with Santana. Probably won't be. Unless, well, not that I've known Santana to really be a hard hitter like Mercedes having seen not that much work for Santana. But maybe she can bring the fight to her. We'll have mm-hmm. to wait in find out again because it's already happened then <laughs> <laughs> lucha news the big news of the week was hector garza being diagnosed with lung cancer and was announced on their peros del mal facebook page this past monday apparently garza was booked for several triple a and indie shows two weeks ago but he no showed so that's why he no showed because He's got lung cancer. Kind of more serious. Yeah, this is sad to hear that about Hector Garza. Dude who, decent talent, sadly screwed up his career here in America, well, TNA and America in general, by getting caught with steroids. But nonetheless, regardless of what happened seven years Mm -hmm. ago, it is sad to see. Um. It's like, yeah, it's sad to see that he has lung cancer. Yeah. We and we here wish the best for Mister Gar- uh, Senor Garza. Yes, absolutely. We've also got some AAA news regarding pro wrestling Noah's Ricky Marvin and Super Crazy. They will be defending their GHC Junior Tag Team Titles against Halloween and Daga or D- Daga Daga. I think it's Daga. 
Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Halloween recently losing his hair not too long ago at um uh trip uh not trip in Mania. Uh Heroes Immortales four or five. I f- don't remember off the bat which one yeah. it is. That's gonna be on their next T V taping, which is the twenty first of October, so that'll be this coming Sunday. Sure. And then final bit of news from Sandra. Sandro has been fitting us out with quite a lot, and he left out the Chicago stuff. Probably because he knew I'd bring it up, because we're talking yeah. Chicago. And that's New Japan stuff, or covers New Japan, should I say. And their next pay-per-view will be on iPay-per-view, like the anniversary show they just had. And will take yeah. place on November the 11th. And they've also announced their Super Junior Tag Tournament, their annual Super Junior Tag Tournament. And it will start this coming Sunday, the 21st, and end on 2nd of November. And will be a single elimination tournament. The teams and the tournaments, so this is going to be mainly on you, Randy, to tell me whether you're interested in these teams. We've got Kushida and Alex Shelley. Time splitters. Um, yeah, Alex Shelley, I don't mind. Kushida's not too bad. I haven't really seen them much as a team, but... We'll see. I, I like that. I'm saying Jado and Gado, or it might be Jado and Gado or something. Jado and Gado. Jado and Gado. There you go. Got to be correct at some point here, people. <laughs> then we got Negro Casas from CMWL and Bushi. Yeah. Yeah, that one shouldn't be too bad. Bushi and... Um and um, El Negro Casas. Oh, I'm getting a flashback now. Tai Chi and Taka Mishinoku. Representing Suzuki Gun there for New Japan. Yeah, that, uh, they're not too bad. Uh, apparently they were feuding at one point, then it got settled. And um, uh, Taka, who's has, has one of my probably favorite catchphrases in New Japan, it's my fucking business. <laughs> Loki and Brian Kendrick. Ooh, Brian Kendrick coming back and the uh, new, well, not so new, but new because he just won it, new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Loki, representing Chaos. Jushin Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask. Uh, The former IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions who lost it to the current champions forever hooligans Rocky Romero and Alex Kozlov. Speaking of him, Alex Kozlov and Rocky Romero. There we go. Forever hooligans, your IWGP junior tag champs. And the last one listed here, which means there's nine, which doesn't make sense. Prince David and Ryosuke Taguchi. And Prince David and Ryosuke Taguchi, Apollo Gogo, which I thought it was Apollo 55, but it's actually Apollo Gogo because... Apparently, five is similar to what the Go is in Japanese, and it's just a smart play on words there, numbers and words. Oh, no, I can't count. That was eight. Okay, so eight. <laughs> that was eight. So. Oh, yes, that is Japan's version of King of Trios. Speaking of, that's the worst segue ever. There's probably yes. worse, but for now it is. 
could have done a segue regarding that tape that we can't talk about, but anyway. <laughs> yes, after the break, segment two, we'll be covering the final night of Shikara's King of Trios, and also covering the updated situation with their upcoming card, and a very interesting development regarding what was originally their final show of the year, but now is their penultimate show of the year. But if you want to find out more, you're going to have to listen to the next part. So we'll hit a few commercials, and we'll see you after those. Vote or die, motherfucker, motherfucker, vote or die. Rock the vote or else I'm gonna stick a knife through your eye. Democracy is founded on one simple rule. Get out there and vote or I will motherfucker kill you. Yeah, I like it when you vote, bitch, bitch. Shake them titties when you vote, bitch, bitch. I slam my jimmy through your mouth roof, mouth roof. Now get your big ass in the polling booth. I said vote, bitch, or I will kill you. The following is a public service announcement from Wrestling News Live. Reasons not to marry a porn star. Did you hear the news that uh, Tito Ortiz was arrested for domestically abusing his uh, his girlfriend, Jenna Jameson? Well, he probably tried to fuck her. It was like throwing a hot dog down a hallway, and he just said, What the fuck? Where have you been? Slap! <laughs> that reminds me of the quote from Triple H a couple years back. When he said, you know, even a 747 looks uh, small flying in the Grand Canyon. I mean, how could you, in all honesty, be a person not in the porn industry married to a porn star and be okay with it? <laughs> you know what? I'd have a serious problem with that. I mean, let's say she's got an early shoot. She gets up, she washes her pussy and goes to work. <laughs> then you wake up, and while you're eating pancakes, she's fucking somebody else while you walk to the mailbox to get the mail she's fucking somebody else when you come inside and turn on the tv and have a cup of tea she's fucking somebody else then she's having lunch while you're taking a nap in your lazy boy she comes back from lunch and punches in and starts fucking somebody else <laughs> Then she comes home, you tell the bitch that you want dinner, she makes you something in the microwave and goes to bed, and you're jacking off because she spent all day fucking somebody else. <laughs> you're having tea, she's getting tea bagged. <laughs> oh, I love this show. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by the good folks at Wrestling News Live. Let's go to our ring announcer. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. And I'll see you at the matches. It's go time.
Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexay of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, triple W dot headlocks to headlines.com. What's up, guys and gals? This is Sensational Sequel, Sensational Sean, right here with you. You can catch myself and Ashley, yes, that is his name, on the open book every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. You'll catch us doing. Video games, the open book, fantasy, EFET, and movie and entertainment news. So check us out every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time at snsradionetwork.com. Come check us out. and Randy and as I mentioned before the break it's now time for night three of Shikara and well, the Shikara's king of trios I should probably elaborate on we started with probably the revelation trio of the competition team Sendai girls taking on Team Ring of Honor. And for some reason, on this night, Maria thought she was an honorary member of the Killer Bees. Because <clears throat> her, her attire was very Killer Bees-esque, wasn't it, Randy? Yeah, it, she did look uh, like a bee. Oh, just a bee, not a Killer Bee. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. But... Then the Sendai girls turned up and as if trying to kind of boast, Nick started walking the top rope and then did a, I don't know whether we call it an underfaker or a team of soccer pro, but he crotched himself on the top rope. Yeah, didn't work out too well for him at all. Yeah. And there was also, it was a a good match, certainly, but one of the spots I think that's definitely worth mentioning is the RIH guys were going for a suplex, but the Sendai girls managed to reverse it into a suplex of their own. And was it, uh, which one did Bennett have up again? Um, It was the one that wasn't the sister. Uh, Michael Satamora. Yeah, she had he had her up for about half a minute, nearly. It seemed. Yeah. 
So he did well with that. And then there was also a huge Pele kick from Samoa as well, which I think even AJ would have gone, damn, that was better than me. Actually, there was quite a lot of kicking involved from all of them. And I think the the finish with the triple super kick. Yeah. Um, there was a point where all three of them, I believe, were an octopus stretch, or Mike Bennett was caught in an octopus stretch by the sisters, and then I believe it was Nick Jackson super kicked him, and then Michael Sotomora tried to fight off all three. Uh, all three of Team ROH got met with the triple super kick, and then more bang for your buck for the finish. And Mike Bennett actually tapping out at one point. Or I think Bennett and Jackson tapping out to the... Uh, to the octopus stretch, but Maria distracting the ref. Yeah, it was the, both. It was the young bucks getting tapped out by the sisters. Yeah, and good old Maria just going, "Look at my boobs!" And of course, it worked. And then they also hit the bang for your buck, which I think was a close fall. But no, that's what got the win. Oh yeah, there's just triple super kicks and the more bang and for your bang buck for the buck. Yeah. And I think the super kick went wrong because I think there was a little blood coming from. Sonomora? The mouth. Oh. Well, could you tell that? When they made the ring exit, they did look very. She did look a bit bleeding from the mouth esque. Mm Anyway, Team Ring of Honor go on to the final later that night. Then next up, Spectral Envoy versus Fist. And it is interesting that Fist say they go. They say they don't need a staple gun in their little promo bit that they have before. They probably should have used it because the, the, the genius bit as well at the start is Spectral Envoy took the the ring ramp side corner and fists were like that's our corner <clears throat> because they'd been in it for both the first and the second night but so they weren't happy with that and then <laughs> it made sense that they target the injured frightmare from his yeah. br- attack by the Bateri the previous night and also I think you did mention it last week with regards to when they were t- when we I think Chuck Taylor was on commentary for night what it was night two, I think, wasn't it? I think it was. And then he he just randomly jumped on commentary for night three, saying this is the best ever. And the finish here again, it was a very good match, but the finish came with the shenanigans of uh, fist. And we had, I think it was, I think Chuck Taylor going for the fanny pack, which had baby powder in it. And he was going to throw it into, I think it was Ultramantis' black face, but he docked out of the way and it went into Icarus's face. And Icarus pedigreed Chuck Taylor. 
He pedigreed his own man, which eventually started leading to the downfall. And the finish came with Ultramantis Black getting the win, I think, with his finisher. Uh, what is his finisher, Randy? It is the Steiner screwdriver that he does. It's called Cosmic Doom. Ah, which, that's the one. That's what got them the victory. Also, did you notice the botched referee spot finish after uh, Mantis and Hollow Wicked hit the Catacombs of Abaddon, which is yeah. the Safari Stomp double stomp combo. A Safari free- Stretch double stomp combo. <laughs> the free count. Um, yeah. Didn't pull the referee out in time. Yeah. I think, yeah, the, the you screwed up count pretty much said it all. Yeah. A lot of referee mishaps yeah. this whole weekend. Speaking of screwed up, next match was Ophidian taking on Sassarine. And Sassarine got pretty screwed up. Although she did have a good showing, I'd certainly say. Yeah, she did pretty well. I'd say so, too. Uh, as we mentioned before, this uh, with Saturn, a relative rookie. Barrett. Actually, a uh, little fun fact for your paperclip. Saturn's debut was teaming up with Ophidian Becca at Joshimania Night 3 in New York City. Taking on... Oh, no, not Ophidian. Ophidian was already healed by then. I take that back. That's your Hatfield. So that completely ruins the fucking paperclip. But nonetheless... <laughs> that's why he referenced her in the commentary. Yes. That is why. But, yes, it was... There was that moment when it looked like a botch. Yeah, I think it was... I don't know exactly what she was going for. I think a run-up-the-ropes type maneuver, uh, lucha-style move that did not turn out too well, but you kind of... Like, you'll notice it, and then you forget about it because they just go on with it and don't try to do... What she did, or even if they did try to, it would have been later on afterwards. So, but there was two brutal double knee strikes from Ophidian, which was an earful, and then the his variation of the Cobra Clutch, the Ophidian Death Grip, which caused her to basically pass out, and the arm was lifted and fell three times, and there was no reply. So he wins by. I guess TKO. I think it's still submission. Yeah, it's even submission if they pass <laughs> out. Well, yeah, we do kind of... the There will be a TKO or a KO finish later on. <laughs> I just... How can you submit when you can't even... When you're not even there to actually submit? Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing, but it's pretty much submission. Or you're getting submitted. I give up because I'm passed out. That's not fair. <laughs> It's like, uh, it's like, I forget which UFC number, and I actually don't care to be honest, although it was probably a good match. Uh, John Jones and Leona Mashida when he literally choked out Mashida. And this weird UFC talk on an indie show, but yes, I am bringing this up. John Jones had him in a guillotine choke on the, on the, um, on the cage. And, um, Mashida wouldn't give up because, Oh no! Necessarily, Brazilians aren't necessarily known for tapping out or very courageous. Just ask the Gracies. <laughs> I was going to make a joke that John Jones put a triangle choke on UFC 153 and made it tap out, but you know, <laughs> that was UFC 151. <laughs> but yeah, or whatever. 
Then again, I was just saying you shouldn't give a fuck about numbers because <laughs> there's so many of them. Why can't they have badass names like Chikar and PWG shows? Speaking of numbers, <laughs> it's time for the 10 team. Overly long. I'm trying to think of the uh, name that they gave it. The 10 team tag team over the overly long gauntlet, I think it was. Yeah, like to that extent. And we started off with a crazy German and just some crazy fucker called Tim Donst. So that's Donst and Jakob Hammermeyer taking on Fire Ant and Green Ant. And if this was a match on its own, damn, it was good. But turns out it was only the opening match of eight, nine? Eight, yeah, it'd be yeah, two. Okay, so you have the two starting in three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, nine matches. Nine. Actually, yeah. nine, yeah, nine matches. And yeah, yes. the colony getting a point here. And then you had yeah. Donston Hammermeyer kind of. And it, what's weird is like Donston. He really doesn't care that he has Hammermeyer, and it's like almost like he's fighting on his own at some points. But Hammermeyer, it's um, it seems I don't want necessarily you Stockholm syndrome because it's not necessarily that. I don't know necessarily what the psychological term to describe it is that they're conveying with Donst and Hammermeyer. How Donst is wants nothing to do with Hammermeyer, let alone anybody in general. And proclaiming how Hollow Wicked is a god and how Eddie Kingston is ruining wrestling, as we mentioned on our review last week for Night 2. And then Hammermeyer, and how he pretty much just cost Hammermeyer, he cost him the Young Lions Cup when he had a decent chance to win, although in a not-so-impressive match against ACH. And then... And just along the way, Dont's doing no favors for Hammermeyer, but yet Hammermeyer's staying loyal to him, which begs to wonder, will Hammermeyer wonder that Dont's is doing this, or does he know fully it just wants him because if you've seen all the BDK are gone, it's only, it's literally left to Dont's and Hammermeyer. Although Delirious is still there, but he's busy doing his own thing and is on to much big and better things being probably <laughs> arguably the number one Rudo, if anything, in Chikara, or at least on the way to becoming that. Well, he might be busy with other companies as well, but we'll get to that section true. three. <laughs> well, he kind of was to begin with. He just had some old weight dragging him down, yeah. depending on who you ask. Almost everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Green and Fire win and get a point, and then in comes... I don't, know, I don't know if we've seen these guys before, or I don't even know the manager. I barely know of them, too. I saw they did make an appearance. I think they wrestled for Wrestling is Fun, which is Chikara's sister promotion that they do that's more kid-friendly. Well, not that it is a kid-friendly to begin with, but more for kids, I think, or I think just kids are there, something to that extent. Yeah, and they the wrestled devastation. there. The mm-hmm. Devastation Corporation, which is Max Smashmaster and Blaster McMaster. Mm-hmm. Paperclip, NES. <laughs> oh, okay, that's where the I would have known, so that's... <laughs> well, Blaster Master is actually the game. Oh. Alright. But Max Smashmaster 
That just sounds like Jakob Hammermeyer, just not as cool. Yeah. But that's pretty much a squash match. Oh, yeah. The colony worn out after the Devastation Corporation coming in. They're making their second Chikar appearance since a benefit at Baseball Town Charities, which is a notable show, a bit of a novelty show at that being a benefit show, and also the first ever Chikar show to be held outside. Mm. Little fun fact for you there. Interesting show to watch. You get to, uh, as a little spoiler alert, you get to see Mr. Touchdown give Icarus a swirly in the main event. (laughs) (laughs) As they have a fun brawl outside. And maybe I'll cover that show one day. But nonetheless, the Devastation... In Cor- or Devastation Corporation comes in, and uh, how do I put this? Cur- they just wreck shit up. <laughs> yeah, the, the colony who are already worn out from their eleven-minute match within a match against uh, Donson Hammermeyer had to take on these two massive guys. Who, yeah, they're pretty big—a tall-ass black dude who's buff as shit, and then a big-ass white dude. Who reminds me of one of the members from Phi Delta Slam. I don't even know why I'm referencing an obscure <laughs> TNA team. A.K.A. the main event Mafia Security. More obscure references there. But yes. nonetheless, a big ass du- two big ass dudes take out two ants. With the death blow, which is similar to uh, the Vegomatic by Midnight Express. Or some people might better know as the death sentence from America's Most Wanted. Ha- are where... I forget which one was which, but uh, as un-PC as it sounds, the black dude holds <laughs> the opponent down in the, uh, in the in that position, and then the big white dude comes down for a splash, and that is the, the fat, death blow. The fat dude envelops <laughs> Yeah. I wish I remembered their names, but it's very similar, and I forgot which one was which. I want to say McMassive was the black guy, so. Blaster McMaster was the black one. Okay, Blaster, Blaster McMaster, there we go. So Smash Master, Max Smash Master is the white guy. Yes, folks, this shit is going to get more confusing <laughs> as we talk about them, and there will be it's more. It's going to get even more confusing, because next up is Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel. Simon and Garfunkel? <laughs> is this a, a music, the music they should have had of this when walking out was simply Sound of Silence, the first line, hello that. darkness, my old friend, sums up their time of chance of winning. Yeah, them coming into this match was like being a bridge over troubled water here. As they face a team that felt like they were a rug. And as I try to come up with more puns relating to Simon and Garfunkel songs, they beat them in about two minutes. There was Feed Me More Chance. Oh, yes, Feed Me More Chance. Just and, now, and now, and now, and the death blow yet again gets the job done. And guess what? The Devastation Corporation had three points since they won the tag match back at Benefit at Baseball Town Charities. And but they are the what is that? They were the third team to come out, and they just faced the fourth team. Now they're facing a fifth team with ten to go. So yes, they're not looking ten. necessarily good for them to get. Those points, although the colony at one point had seven points for title contention, earning them the chance to choose a special stipulation for their tag title match against the Osirian Portal, which ended up being just a one fall tag team match. Because if you don't know or should already know from Chikara, their tag team ti- their tag team matches are two out of three falls. Mm-hmm. 
So they ended up making it just the one fall, but sadly the colony was defeated in that match. They would go on to defeat the Syrian portal later on that year, and I think Hiding in Plain Sight was the show in Nashville, New Hampshire, back in 09, to defeat the Syrian portal. But nonetheless, going... Uh, go ahead for it. Team 5, a returning Jolly Roger and Lance Steele, which... Just the name of the tag team, Night Eye for the Pirate Guy. <laughs> that's, it's, yeah, I'd say that's more of a paperclip now because the reference might not be. The paperclip was, sex, was around when Sex of the City was on TV. That's how old that is. <laughs> <laughs> that is oh, yeah, that's true, too. Of course, for those of you that don't know, to play on the old Bravo show, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Back in the mid two thousands, or the mid aughts, or whatever the fuck this decade will be called in the next ten twenty years, mid Nazis. <laughs> they offered some resistance, but basically this was another squash match. And now the Devastation Corporation have four points, but this time Smash no, Master uh, catching. Oh, go ahead. I don't know because they had four points after this next one. They have four points. No, the, the points still count. In they won the tag match earlier at the yeah, other show. They were mentioning because the next next opponents we had were Ralph, Ralph Macchio Jr. and Johnny Miyagi. Mm-hmm. Looking completely different to how they were about twenty years ago. Well, considering Pat Morita's dead too, they must look a lot different. Or neither looked like Will Smith, sir. <laughs> Or Jackie Chan. Or Jackie Chan. There we go. Let's <laughs> modernize it for this one. But, yeah, that was a squash match. And when they squashed them, they did say that was four points. That's weird, because even though I'm looking at this results thing that and reading it back, yeah, that would mean they had five points at the time. Because the, ta- the points still count from the tag match they won. Even though it was for charity. Yeah. No, the sh- it was still a show, but, yeah, that was just... Yeah. No, I still count it, yeah, regardless that yeah. I just uh whatever. <laughs> they earned four points in there had five, but that'd be all for not as they face a team that gives them a lot of competition. Hell well, the genius bit was just before they came out, one uh, I don't know if it was me I don't know whether it was Machio or Miyagi got thrown onto Simon Garfunkel. And the other member of the Jobbers squad. I don't know whether those are the Jobbers without the makeup that were actually the submission squad. I don't know. Oh no, for sure. Yeah, basically, there was a huge bit then. And then, Dasher Hatfield went crazy. Because Demolition's music hit. And demolition was demolition there. Squashed the other big guys nearly, <laughs> which was pretty sweet. And yes, all those five points go Are straight gone. down the toilet. And and as another thing, bringing back to car history, as I mentioned earlier, this team had won the 2008 tag team gauntlet back at King of Trios that year, so they had a point from that. And they got a point from this meeting. They now have two points. Do us pointos, yes. And one thing Except. to know about tag gauntlets is more often than not, 
the team usually the team that wins ends up with three points at the end. It's happened the last three, I believe it has. Yeah, the last three because Momo no Saishun tag, aka Asushi uh, Kodage Daisuke Harada got three points. Then um, in 2010, it was um, was it Quack and Jig? Yeah, uh, it's either Quack and Jig or. I think Quack and Jig got it in 09 and 2010 was I think the future is now. Don't remember mm-hmm. off the bet. But then it really took a twist. Yes. <laughs> you thought that surprise was big. Just, um, just wait till you hear who their next opponents were. Team number eight. Warlord and Barbarian. The powers of pain. Yes. This is the aforementioned WrestleMania 5 rematch. And just so you know, the crowd was going nuts for this. Yep. Big time. I think mainly because probably this match was better than the one they had at WrestleMania 5. Yeah, probably. Although it did lack Fuji. (laughs) If they brought Fuji in, that would have been sick. Yeah, but this was a good little match actually between them, but the Powers of Pain come out on top with that as well. Yeah, mostly nostalgia for it. Nothing too, nothing really bad about it. Just caught, they went at it for a few minutes, then Powers of Pain got the win. And just when you think the surprises were done, you got one more surprise for you. I don't know. I'd say two surprises. Because mm, team yeah. number nine was 123Kid, who the previous night said, I'd make it up to you tomorrow night. I'll get somebody to help out. And he turned to the click. No. Kind of. <laughs> or at least somebody who was involved with a member of the click. Yes. And a former tag team partner at that, too. Yeah, and as well, due to the fact that he was supposed to appear, I think, on one of the shows, and didn't make it, so he like wrestled two on time, the charity show. Yeah, he wrestled on the charity show, up, uh, and um, that was one of the first. He actually showed up on High Noon, accompanying the Young Bucks to ringside for their match against the Colony. And then he was supposed to appear on a show before that, but that's when, like, there were two times he ended up not showing up, and then he showed up these last two, King of Trios here, and then Benefit for Baseball Town Charities. Hmm. But yeah, Martin Ginetti. Mm-hmm. And the scary thing is him and one, two, three kid really gelled. Yeah. It makes you wonder if the click really does click. That's yeah, it's kind of possibly. But the mat their their little mini match of the powers of pain finished with a a kick from one, two, three. Into a roll up by Ginetti, and they progress on to T number 10, which saw the return of Lot Ice Creams. Ginetti probably looking for, for, for some revenge after losing to Los Ice Creams back at a Bennett for Baseball Town Charities team with Ginetti teaming up with Green at that time. Mm-hmm. But one, two, three, and Ginetti come out on top of this, so they are the gauntlet champs. 
and most importantly, given how both seem to have an affinity with Shikara, they both have two points. Uh, so they're only one point away from getting those elusive three mm-hmm. to go for the tag for the Campeones de Parejas, the tag belts. I wonder if people that knew this or what I mentioned were wondering, are they actually going to pull the trigger on Los Ice Creams getting three points? Which I think they had, they did get three points at one time. Yeah, because they mentioned that they had two. Yeah, going into it. Although they're a mostly comedy team, if not fully comedy team. Oh come on, they dress as ice creams. <laughs> That's not comedy, that's real life. (laughs) (laughs) But speaking of comedy, next up is the eight-man tag. Who is in this one again, Randy? All right. uh, There's a whole cast of characters we have in the ring and outside of the ring for this. But your official people were... We'll start with the Technicos first, even though they came out. We had 3.0, Shane Matthews and Scott Jagged partner teaming up with Evison and Takio Kita taking on Darkness Crabtree, Colt Cabana, Yonel Sanders. Yes, Yonel Sanders, who is... <laughs> maybe the king guy. Maybe, maybe the other no, yeah, pretty much it. I'm pretty sure it's Kikitaro is <laughs> Yonel Sanders, but yeah. Yano Sanders, which is a Japanese pink-faced <laughs> Colonel Sanders. And then you have Darkness Crabtree, who's an old man that tends to die in the ring more often than not when he's in it. Cold I really Cabana. want to know who Darkness is. Oh, it's... Uh, should I pull the curtain? Because there was... Well, we pulled a, the curtain plenty of other times tonight. I pulled the curtain on this one, or the other two. I'll probably write it down for you, but let's just say he, and he, you might have to look to the top to see who that guy is. And then the Swamp Monster, who was my probably guilty pleasure in wrestling, who was accompanied by Chuck Taylor, uh, the Gentleman's Club, Chuck Taylor, Orange Cassidy, and the Legal Eagle, Drew Gulak. Yes, that Drew Gulak from CZW. Campaign for a better combat zone. Yes, as he's soldiering on paperclip that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> but then we uh had the canadian national anthem sung by some of the crowd <laughs> oh then we straight after that we had a usa chant and then colt cabana goes and now swamp monster will sing the japanese national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> it was that was just genius and then Sanders had his chicken, obviously. Yeah. So, <laughs> Colt decided to choke it. <laughs> and then the chicken joined commentary. Oh, <laughs> they, I just thought about that. They got away with a treat. <laughs> and, I'm trying to think, it started off with, did it start off with Parker? Um, let me see. Um, it's, um, Parker and, uh, I think it might have been Matthews Sanders. and Sanders or something like that. Sanders, oh, it was one of 3.0 and Sanders. 
Yeah. And <laughs> there was a nice bit when they were doing head jobs. And Sanders managed to have his chop blocked. And then when the chop was going to uh, the head of Sanders himself, he kept failing to block them. Oh, yeah. He's like, you chop, I chop, what? <laughs> and he's like, okay, let's try that again. <laughs> And then it was Swamp Monster. That's another person I need to know who that is. If that's going to be... I don't know about that one. <laughs> Swamp Monster, we don't know. Probably Jakob Hammermeyer, due to the, the hair. Only, <laughs> I would say the only reason I say this because they he did do something in DGUSA, maybe Gargano? Because yes. they had, um, uh, with their I Quit match that Chuck Taylor and... Um, Chuck Taylor and Johnny Gargano had to enter the dragon. Um, uh, uh, Johnny Gargano jumped uh, Taylor from behind dressed as a swamp monster. Not necessarily meaning that it is him. Most likely it was because the night before Taylor had dressed up as it. Honestly, don't know who it is. The But <laughs> as uh, as I met, showed Ashley in the chat, we mentioned the joke that I didn't want to mention even though I pretty much did very slightly <laughs> there <laughs> very very slightly if you if you already know the identity of some people then you'll get the joke but if you don't then I'll probably tell you sometime later I don't care to <laughs> right now probably probably if it managed to be an episode on April Fool's Day April's Fool Day is when we take it absolutely serious and just spoil everything <laughs> Possibly. Did you know that Sin Cara is ugly under his mask? Oh no, we've already pulled that. <laughs> Did you know he but, pulled a gun on Del Rio in Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> but then there was another. Colt Cabana then got in the ring with. <clears throat> I think it was. Takio Kita. Yeah. And. <laughs> He went, you sure you want to mess with me? I'm 250 pounds of pure chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Cute chocolate jam. Then they were doing chops on each other's chests, which caused caused crying. Yeah. Oddly from Cabana, usually the one who probably initiates a lot of comedy against people. Not necessarily the victim of <laughs> comedy, even though... And this match was going to be hard to beat because this well, was just he, pure cop. It was tacky. I think he, then he, they were going to like shake hands and then he rolled through and tried to take advantage of him again. And then Colt started crying. <laughs> and cue the fans going, hug it out. So they decided to do a team hell no and they hugged it out. <laughs> which then turned into a pin attempt. A bunch of pin attempts. Got, even at got one thrown point, out the ring. Then I think it was a best. No, Bryce Rimsburg tried to pin. Was yeah, it even the referee got pulled down to pin him, and he threw him out the ring. And then they were getting ready to. They were doing their plan. And they were all going in. And then Colt was going his, hey, what's that? 
Oh, uh, yes, the spot that he famously did in hiding in plain sight, but this time it got worked against him. <laughs> With him getting Yeah, slapped. all four basically didn't fall for it and slapped him. Well, one thing, two, three point oh, a little paperclip, they were one of the people who got slapped when Cabana did that back in 09. And that was when 3.0 were heel, or uh, Rudo. But the best bit about it was like the third one. It was like, hey, what's that? And then when the, uh, I can't remember who the fourth one was. It was like, hey, what's that? Hmm. Bang. It's just completely yeah. out of it. And then Darkness Crabtree invaded the ring and fell asleep. As he's prone to do. <laughs> when he is old. Yeah. And then the best bit was he went to sleep on the floor. Was it was it Parker? Let me see. I'm trying to... Yeah, Parker. Parker went for a jump off the middle rope. And then in some kind of nervous sleep twitch, somehow Crabtree managed to get his leg up and basically super kick. Or kick Parker in the head so much that basically both guys are on the floor. Nobody knew what was going on. And then Crabtree managed to get on the headlock, I think. The head scissors. And then everybody decides to do a submission. Which culminates with... Flips it over into into the Billy Ghost. Jericho head scissors, head scissors, head scissors, head scissors, head scissors. His reverse, uh, yeah, his. He don't, I don't see him use it as much now. Or somewhat the Villy Goat's Curse, which is a reverse Boston Crab, which, um, the best way. You remember that move Randy Orton used on Christian back at. I forgot what pay per view <laughs> it was. I think it was Capital Punishment. And oh, I remember I marked, I was like, oh shit, he's using the Billy Goat's Curse. <laughs> but yeah, reverse Boston Crab. But. And then, I think it was Ta- Takio and, and tried to crawl across the top of them. Yeah, so, I forgot a lot of this. There was a lot of got to the he got to the end and was speaking to Colt in Japanese. And Colt went, <laughs> I think he loves me, Bryce. Give mm. me a kiss. I think <laughs> it was Ebison. Yeah, it was Ebison. Mm. Yeah, and... Was it episode? Yeah, it was episode. Yeah, as I'm looking at our little guy to help us out here, our cheat sheet, so to say, yeah, Evason. But he went and did that. And then soon after that, we had a quadruple bulldog. And everybody was down. And all eight people nearly got pinned because they all had their shoulders to the mat. Oh, yeah. And they were all in a circle. And, and I think at the quadruple bulldog, everybody ended up, yeah, they collided into each other, which ended up with everybody falling down and everybody getting up collectively for the two count, as you mentioned. And then I think Colt went stop, got up, and then because of where everybody was going, the crowd chanted Duck, Duck, Goose. And I don't know whether that was where it was supposed to go, but... That's where it did go. Yeah. Bryce, the referee, got dragged in. So we had Duck, Duck, Goose round one where it was... 
Who who got goosed? <laughs> that sounds wrong. I think it was Matt. It was Parker. It was Parker, not Matthews. Is either Parker or Meth? Because Parker got close. Because it ended with Swamp Monster clotheslining Parker, and I think and like yeah, Crabtree yeah, got picked at one point. Colt got there in time. So then, of course, Parker chooses Crabtree. And um, Parker tries to take advantage of it and basically goes round him twice and goes round a third time. And then gets massively clotheslined by Swamp Monster. And because of that, I think it's Matthews that basically says he needs to be disqualified. Yeah. He ruined a perfectly good game of Duck Duck Goose. And then they all piled on each other like some kind of pylon, and that was a pin, and kicked out. And then Crabtree apparently went somewhere backstage and came back with probably the longest run-up ever. <laughs> and just as he was about to hit, he just died. Yes, he's prone to collapsed and didn't get up. And they were like, oh my... And they, I think they put a... <clears throat> they put a, a shirt or something or a towel over his face. Yeah. And then... I think it was Matthews? Yeah. Went, Wait, probably I've was. And... Yeah, it's because he's always a ca- grabbed a can of Red Bull from the crowd and managed to give it to Crabtree, and he came back to life. Well, Matthews drank himself because he—if you don't know what part of the what probably makes him hyper, if not just in general being crazy—is that the, he drinks a lot of Red Bull and eats pepper. <laughs> Ah, the thing he mentions a lot is Red Bull, so it was pretty funny to see Matthews with the Red Bull and then time to give some to Crabtree to wake him up. <laughs> and he wakes up, and then 30 seconds later, he dies again. <laughs> and then... he just Like he had a Red Bull... He had a Red Bull uh, uh, frenzy, a Red Bull rush. He just went... <laughs> Darkness Crabtree was running, running wild on everybody. <laughs> And then we had the failed splash. Yeah. <laughs> Just landed on the mat. 3.0, take him, drag him on top of Crabtree. And there's your Rico. And, and that, then. <laughs> and that wasn't even all <laughs> what happened. Yeah, because then Swamp Monster started beating the crap out of everybody. And then apparently got dragged away by officials and possibly arrested. Yeah, he Even though the car had Chikara on the side. He was arrested by Chikara security as the legal eagle Drew Gulak was trying to was trying to fight this and try, uh, as he's running around trying to get them to stop. And then you can see the conclusion of uh well I probably want y'all to see it, but let's just say it the uh uh on Chuck Taylor's web show, The Gentleman's Club, which you can check on his YouTube page C T which it's it said how it's spelled the word C and the word T S E A T E A C T, and um, in I think it was episode I forgot which episode it was, but when the I think the last one they did, you see Chuck Taylor break out the Swamp Monster from jail. Oh God! They even get <laughs> that's true, Shikara, keeping it keyfabe. <clears throat> Bring you out. <clears throat> 
But then it wasn't even that, the end of it, because Gavin Loudspeaker decides to go for and announce the next match, and Bryce is going, what? Come on, we've got a dead man in the ring. And so then the crowd goes, CPR. And apparently Gavin knows the CPR and goes to uh, try and help out Darkness, and, yep, yeah, Crabtree comes back to life. And then just staggers out of the <laughs> down the ramp and out of the arena. Yeah, and that was the best twenty-five minutes I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, because... the comedy on this was very. If you didn't laugh at this, then you really must not like comedy wrestling at all. But this one was just hilariously good. One like of the. Comedy. If you don't like comedy wrestling, why are you watching WWE at the moment? Oh! <laughs> you, it, had this been in 2001, TNA would have been replaced for WWE. Yeah. My, how times have changed. <laughs> but then we had some Yoshi Mania rematch. Well, not a rematch, but some Yoshi action. As JWP's Kuragaki and Commander Bolshoi. Taking on Yanayama and quote unquote the greatest female wrestler of all time, Manami Toyota. And this was some good shit to watch. This was a Joshi showcase. This is probably match of the night. <clears throat> this was match of the night, probably just because of basically you could list what didn't happen and it'd be shorter than what did happen. Yeah. <laughs> Because the most epic bit was actually at the end when I think it was, yeah, it was Kuragaki managed to get both Yanayama and Toyota in a double Argentine backbreaker. Yeah. For about 15 seconds. Kuragaki showcasing her strength yet again, which was already showcased by making that classic tap out back on night one. Yes, but it was an eventual win for Kurigaki and Bolshoi. I can't remember, was it? It was the Splash Mountain face buster they did, or she did, yes. where she had it in the crucifix and turned it into a, a crucifix flower bond flipped into a face buster. Okay, yeah. So, I, really, I can't I can't say that much because it was basically too hard to describe it because it was so fast-paced but so full, full of action that, yeah, just watch it. Yeah. If you can. That's the best way I can describe it because, wow, just so full of action. So, yeah, check it out if you can. Just check out Night Free just for that. Next up, something else you might want to check out. Tadasuke versus Jigsaw. Oh, man. <laughs> Which was a good little match. When we said that Tadasuke got lit... Oh, this dude's lit... When we said... When I said... Or actually probably agree with me too that Tadasuke was legit. If if his match against Kingston didn't prove that, this match definitely did. Yes, because... I think it was only about 12 minutes long, but... 
It was probably only actually a little less, a little less than ten minutes. About eight fifty-five, I believe, is the time. Yeah, but it was. You could tell it. It would have been longer, hadn't it been for the power driver that Tadasuke gave Jigsaw, followed by two pretty damn big punches. Yeah, hell, even before that, the <laughs> oddest, the spot of the. Uh, okay. What, what the top five spots of the night? Because I think there's probably one from the finals that might have topped this. When Jigsaw goes for a suicide dive, and Tadasuke just stops it with a punch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the best counter ever. He just went. <laughs> yeah. And Jigsaw Back. was down. <laughs> That's quite enough. Yeah, that was a pretty impressive counter. Very simplistic in it. Just a simple punch. Simple? <laughs> was, yeah, um, very effective. Very, very effective. How he got the knockout victory here and Tadasuke showing that he means fucking business. Shame we won't see him again for another 12 months. Possibly, Probably. yeah. Or it'll be a while. So then we come to the main event. King of Trio's final. Team Ring of Honor versus the Spectral Envoy. I have to say, this was a great final match. Very even between the two of them. Lots of great moves. and Then it got even more interesting because everybody and their mother then started turning up. Yeah. A lot of people ended up turning up in this match. Um, at what one of the big spots and why I was kind of hesitating on saying Jigsaw, uh, the Zasuke, uh, 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 the plancha punch counter might not have been number one was uh, the Young Bucks hitting their tandem tombstone power driver, which they stole slash borrowed slash whatever from the Cutlers back in PWG paperclip. Oh, on yeah. The tandem tombstone. Yeah. On the stage. Yeah. On the ramp. But yeah, Ophidian came out and all three members of the Bateri and then Delirious came out as well. Delirious appeared and was overly happy. And then he surely should have looked behind him because even more shocking is somebody else turned up. Crossbones. Now, I think we need I think we need a skull and crossbone paperclip here. Yes. The Crossbones having been Crossbones, the easily the most loyal member of the Neo of the old order, the Neo Solar Temple that Ultramantis Black had to kind of go back into history. Hollowick and Delirious were teaming up as Incoherence. This is and uh, before then, Hollowick was teaming up with Ultramantis as the Dark Breed or Ultramantis Black as the Dark Breed. Ultramantis got injured. Hollowick turns Technico teams with Delirious. Ultramantis Black gets revenge on Wicked by kidnapping Delirious and using the Eye of Tear to make Delirious part of the Neo, Neo Order of the Neo Solar Temple. Then the BDK steal the Eye of Tear, and they end up turning Delirious over to them. And at, uh, I forgot which show it was, but back in two, uh, 2010, uh, there was a match between, I think it was Ultra Mantis and Ares or something like that, and Crossbones was standing at ringside. And Delirious shoved Crossbones into the post, and uh, and uh, sadly enough, the cameras actually missed it. So you see, like the end part of Crossbones coming down, and then 
and in storyline, Crossbones was taken out of was taken out permanently due to a broken collarbone, as Delirious had shoved him into the post. And as you know, Chikara is known for their vast continuity. Crossbones coming from behind and pushing Delirious off the ramp right into the post, which made it even more sweeter if you remember that probably two years ago. His, um, probably smashing his collarbone as well. Possibly, or at least getting revenge on that. And that's one of the things I like about Takara, that they bring it back and he hit him with the post. The thing that caused that in Crossbones making his return after about a couple months, because I believe he's at Anniversario. Yeah, he was at Anniversario this year. And uh, the finish came soon after when... It was just wild oh. after that. There's the big suplex on... T- um, uh, Ultramantis suplexing Max onto the big pile of everybody... That was it, Mike Bennett and Hollow Wicked, and then the finish. I think there was a, there was a couple of super kicks, and then the super kick probably heard around the world, or at least in Crowley's hotel room. Oh yeah, was it um, Nick or Matt? It was Nick. Uh, uh, Hollow Wicked has the Chikara special on. Um, had the Chikara special on Bennett, and then. Um, and Bennett was tapping yet again, but the referee missing it due to Maria coming in the to the way. Nick super kicked, Mar- uh, excuse me, Hollow Wicked, and then as the referee got down, accident or I think he was trying to get Frightmare because Frightmare was trying Frightmare to hold down Maria. Was being held by Maria, I think. Yeah, <clears throat> and Maria got super kicked for her and troubles. She went down. She went down well. Yeah, she sold the super kick very well. Well, Have I heard that before? Maria and going that well. Um, yeah. (laughs) Well, that could be any diva show. (laughs) (laughs) Supposedly, all divas are sluts, which is not true, regardless of our funny nature about it. It's not necessarily true, but that would be kind of cool. Anyway, after that, Halloween managed to get the Chicago special on Bennett again. This time the referee's there, Bennett taps, and after multiple times of trying, Ultramantis finally won something. Yeah. Well, not just won something, he won probably the the thing to win. King of Trios. Mm -hmm. The last time, yeah, he had, um, he was at uh, a show that I'm currently watching now. He was in the finals of the Tag World Grand Prix back in way back in 2003. Him and um, uh, when he was just Ultramantis, Ultramantis and Mystery Zero in the finals against the uh, being defeated by the eventual winners, the Night Shift, How the Wicked, and Blind Rage. And so everybody, so Ultramantis finally winning something. It would have been interesting if it was Ultramantis. Like getting the win, but nonetheless, Hall of Wicked got it, which doesn't really matter, but would have been nicer. Nonetheless, Ultramantis is a finally a champion in Chikara of some time. At some point, Wicked adding, who's won pretty much everything there is, with the exception of possibly the Cybernetico. Uh-huh. Actually, yeah, I don't think he's won Cybernetico. And Frightmare <clears throat> adding another championship to his resume, of course, being a former Young Lions Cup champion, much like his big brother in Hall of Wicked. Yes. So, overall for the three nights, I have to say, this is the most entertaining indie show I've ever seen. 
and I need to see Chikara a lot, lot more. Obviously, yeah, obviously Randy, Randy seen a lot more of Chikara. This is, this is my first real like big dip in, but I seriously want Chikara to do more high pay per views because I'll pay for them. Well, there is some big news of Chikara that we do need to mention, especially concerning what might be another chapter in the ROH Chikara feud, and that being their annual Cybernetico show, this uh, this time called the Cybernetico Rises. We will build up to that, actually, because first up, we actually do have a few new matches added to the shows just before that the previous week. Zelda the Great, we've already talked about Spectral Envoy and the Young Bucks for the Campeones de Parejas and Quackenbush versus Cabana, but now added the Batiri will be taking on the Soul Touches. It's going to be interesting there. The Soul Touches who have, haven't appeared in Chikara at all in 2012. Last appeared back at Chikara's... Uh, last appeared when Chikara was in Chicago. Or actually, or where they were in Chikago last year, because I think they might have done a show this year, although I'm might be mistaken on that. Yeah, the Soul Touches, who somewhat semi-regulars, although not so much now. Last year they were, but it's going to be interesting to see the Soul Touches back, who've always been a uh, joy to watch in Chikara. Mm. And then added to the the following night's piece of the action show with the Atomico with. El Generico, Akuma, and 3.0 with the Bucks and the Provados. I don't know what we call that now. Is it 3, 3.0 Le Akuma or something? The, um, as far well, not that they have, t- this would be, I think, their second time teaming up as an Atomico or a, a quartet here. Um, yeah, but I, the name that we will officially go with to name them is 3.0 Le Akuma, unless. We find we hear something better, or there's an official name for yeah. them. Then the Young Lions Cup is defended, newly added, with Angelus. Is it An- Angelo City? I think it's Angelo City. Yeah, Mr. Touchdown. Yeah, because so I've heard Angelo City, Angelo. I've heard too many different pronunciations. So. <laughs> I Mr. think it's Angelo City. Mr. Touchdown. Who isn't that guy that we talked about from beyond? Yeah, he's nowhere near that guy at all. He's nowhere near Mark Angel. Oh, shit. Have we just spoiled it? I said Mark Angel Osetti. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, well, they probably already knew. (laughs) Mr. Touchdown will be taking on Saturine. Which... I believe, yeah, that's the first time that a woman has ever competed for the Young Lions Cup. See, I don't know what they could do there. They could have her win it. Yeah. It, it could happen. There's nothing putting, There's nothing against her winning it. Although, I highly doubt it, considering this would be, I think, his fir- first or second defense. I think second. It's second defense. He defended right. it against, I think... Was it Green Ant? Green Ant, yeah. Yeah, Green Ant's <laughs> the youngest one. I don't know how, well, yeah. No, I don't know how the other two are, regardless of who I know they possibly are. I don't, 
believe they're older, yeah. And then also a very interesting one, Unfinished Business. As Quack and Jig, Quack and Bush and Jigsaw, take on the Shard and Deviant. This should be interesting for the fact that uh, 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 Quack already has taken out 17 and combat it, which wonders who will be next on his list to take out from the Gekido. And then we take... Previously, this was the last show of the year. But now, the last show is actually under the hood, which is going to be December 2nd in Philly. But, yeah, I believe that's the Trocadero. Yeah, I think so. But yes, the Cibernetico Rises, which is going to be in Manhattan, uh, November 18th, and, as ever, it's the Cibernetico is an 8 on 8. I think it's an elimination tournament. Yes, it, it is. One match. An 8 on 8 elimination match. Let me explain the rules of Cibernetico quickly. There are two, you have two, you have two teams of 8. Captain, and then, uh, of course, there's seven other people. The interesting thing about this, people get tagged in as normal, but they get tagged in in a batting order. That they must keep meeting you tag in who's ever next on the batting order. And if a person gets eliminated, the person moves up and so on. This continues until there is only one person left in the match. And by meaning only one person in the match, I do mean only one person. Because in the case of one team being totally eliminated, the the remaining members on the on the remaining team will fight against each other until there is only one left. And this Do they was fight each other as a tag team, or no? They fight each other one on one, or whoever okay. is still in there. Yeah. So the, the tag rules. So let's say if four people from Team A were the last ones left, then rather than becoming like two te- tag teams of two, it just becomes like a a four way elimination. Yeah. Okay. This has been used, I believe it's happened on two occasions. It happened back in 09 when Carpenter at one, which would be a big which would be a big uh a big factor leading into the BDK storyline because Carpenter Ant using the inverted Chikara special to win and Quackenbush wondering how he figured out the move. And then he found out Carpenter Ant was they were mentioning him again, Pinky Sanchez, and he learned the inverted Chikara special from, I think it was Dots, or I forgot who it was, he learned it from somebody, and um, that led to that, and then back in 07, I believe, the Cibernetico there, Claudio Castagnoli winning that, which which was very interesting for that, because at the time, Claudio Castagnoli was being held against his will to stay in the Kings of Wrestling after losing a match to Chris Hero back then, or uh, earlier that year, and then it ended up with uh, it was Mitch Ryder, I think Larry Sweeney, and Castagnoli left, or it might have been Hero left. I think Hero had eliminated himself by DQ or something, and it was left to those two, and then Claudio Castagnoli getting some revenge on uh, Sweet and Sour, aka or it wasn't Sweet and Sour, the Kings of Wrestling were what they were, Sweet and Sour, B R O H. Just having a look at some of the previous Cibernetico's, and yeah, there's been some. Just that's so that's so. Terrible. Cyril Ray winning last year. Yes, 
being the first woman to have won it. 2010 was big with the fi- the sadly the final appearance of Larry Sweeney in a Chikara ring before his untimely passing in uh, last year. And Eddie Kingston becoming the first man to slam Tersis or to uh, get uh, not to slam him to pick him up on his feet to to get him off his feet and ended up winning the Cibernetico that way. See, there's the issue there. I don't or know not that way, on, but I don't know who's on which side for the 091 that you just said because oh, the 091 was uh, Prejas Incre. Uh, I believe I'm saying that right. Prejas Increíbles or. So Sandro, it would help if Sandro was here for this one, but basically <laughs> meaning that the tag partners were on opposite sides. Because I'm just seeing that you've got Carpenter and because I think you said that oh nine was when the the same two people or was it more than two? I think it was like two or three. I forgot how many exactly. The last three people in the match were Carpenter and Soldier and Quackenbush. Yeah. So it's probably because they were probably uh, technicos. Yeah. yeah, all of them were technicos. Parejas increíbles. Yes, that's what it is. Basically, meaning the partners on opposite teams. Yeah. And see, oh, see, They really like the Batman tie-in, don't they? See, begins. Yeah. Dark Cibernetico. Cibernetico rises. But. Yeah, I'm just having a quick look at the results list, but yes, as you mentioned, or hell, look at all the yeah the ones before it. That's usually be, uh, Cybernetic Comet, Cybernetic Return, it's Cybernetic Forever, Cybernetic and Robin, and then yeah, they're Batman turn basically for the Cybernetic. So, um, as you mentioned, this is the big one, possibly as you say, a new chapter in Shikara versus Ring of Honor. Yes. Because well, it's Team Ring of Honor, led, of course, by Killsteen Kill. Eddie Kingston. Oh, excuse me. Oh, I just. Kevin yeah, Steen taking on Eddie Kingston's, Eddie Kingston's team, Shikara. I, th- I don't know for sure if it's. Um, if it's RH versus Shikara, even though that's most likely what it will end up being. One thing I question is because of how Steen is towards ROH. Although I don't know if they're going to play that up in Chikara. Also, well no, it also might explain why there is no pay-per-view in November. Possibly, yeah. For Ring of Honor, because all the Ring of Honor talents are going to be doing something in Manhattan, New York in, on Sunday afternoon anyway. Yeah. So... More people will be added to that Cibernetico, I'm guessing, over the next few weeks. So as they come in, we will keep them informed because this is, for me, arguably, the most interesting indie promotion that I saw last year, taking on the most, the best indie promotion that I've seen this year. Mm. <laughs> And I just want to see if Shikara can come on top. I'm guessing they will, given that they're setting it up, but you never know. Yeah. So, speaking of Steen and all that, part three, we're going to be looking at the Ring of Honor, Glory by Honor show from Toronto. 
Oh, I, I was going to say to uh, no, I was going to say home of Chris Jericho, but then we'd have a sounder of Chris Jericho go from oh, Winnipeg, you asshole. <laughs> That's anyway. Yeah, we'll see you after these messages for yeah part three. We're holding the show right here on SNS Radio Network. SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I want, okay, I want, I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she, I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the fallen angel Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Dream of the Keith. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network. of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Are you a TNA Impact Wrestling fan? Are you looking for a show that talks about TNA Wrestling? Then tune in to TNA Chat Live every Thursday night starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on the SNS Radio Network with the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, as he reviews the latest episode of Impact Wrestling and takes your phone calls to get your thoughts on the state of TNA Wrestling. Are you ready to cross that line? on the SNS Radio Network. And if you don't like that, sorry about your damn luck. JJ6A.
His charm is so contagious, vaccines have been created for it. Years ago, he built a city out of blocks. Today, over 600,000 people live and work there. He is the only man to ever ace a Rorschach test. Every time he goes for a swim, dolphins appear. Alien abductors have asked him to probe them. If he were to give you directions, you'd never get lost, and you'd arrive at least five minutes early. His legend precedes him, the way lightning precedes thunder. He is... JJ The most interesting man in the world. He has amassed an incredibly large DVD library, and it is said that he never once alphabetized it. If he were to mail a letter without postage, it would still get there. When it is raining, it is because he's thinking about something sad. The pheromones he secretes have been known to affect people miles away in a slight but measurable way. He once punched a magician. That's right, you heard me. His blood smells like cologne. His hands feel like rich brown suede. JJ He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I listen to Wrestling News Live. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. said, oh, Canada, kind of laughs it off, we're funny, huh? Welcome back, one and all, to the whole indie show. Make that into a chat, go on, you know you don't want to. Anyway, Randy and Ashley here, and it's time to talk Glory Barner 11, colon, The Unbreakable Hope, which sounds like if you take a TNA pay-per-view and mix it with The Great White Hope. <clears throat> Possibly. I don't know. Something like that. <clears throat> First thing to note... They got their shit together. Yes, they did. There was no pay-per-view problems. In more ways than one, they got their shit together, and that's not necessarily having to do with the stream. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think what he's referring to there is they got their shit together because somebody called Cornette isn't there and somebody called Delirious is. Possibly. I think that's exactly how, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty much it seems everything went well, at least from what we can tell from what we saw and what we think of the show. But getting down to the matches, we started off with the first match being a return match from Caged Hostility with the Bravados, who are Shikara. 
Yeah. Taking on the CNC Wrestle Factory, which is Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander. Yes. There was a weird <laughs> chant from the crowd of, where's your grandma to the bravados? <clears throat> Do we need a paperclip for that? I don't know. Um, <clears throat> Mild paperclip, just to explain the gimmick. They're very, the, essentially, they're grandma's boys, if that makes sense. They always bring up their grandma in interviews, how she knitted their jackets or how the grandma okay. said. So she's kind of a source for like their heel heat in a way because uh, the grandma is or whatever. Just kind of good old. Yeah, you can say good old boys in a way, but yeah, they're just very attached to the grandma. But, but this was a very good, very good opening match, I'd say. Wouldn't you, Randy? Yeah, it was a pretty good match. I really enjoyed it. This match, uh, this whole card in general was very, was very hot, if that makes sense. Or they were into the stuff. There was, and the matches were good all around. With, with maybe some not as good necessarily, or I should say, not as good. Not. Um, there was nothing atrocious. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there was nothing atrocious. Take note, aces and eights. What? Oh, uh, I had to call in on somebody to put my view on that because it's not the show for this one. <laughs> but yeah, the finish came with the overtime from CNC, which oh, is a lot. Which is a leap of faith, Hurricane Rana. Um, or I think yeah, Jigsaw calls it leak faith. Uh, Hurricane Rana, uh, Evan Bourne, known for this to the Hurricane Rana, where Caprice Coleman goes from the mat into the Hurricane Rana, and then a frog splash from Cedric Alexander, aka the overtime, getting them the victory. And then, actually, it's it's mentioned during this match because I think the day before Steam was making demands. Yeah, saying that due to what happened in Rahway at Killer Instinct. Yeah. He wouldn't put the title on the line unless basically he got his way. In essence, the pile driver would be unbanned. And More specifically, his package pile driver yeah. that he uses <laughs> got ban- uh, was unbanned, which will come into play later. Indeed. Next up, we had Mike Mondo and Mike Bennett in a, a grudge Mike in a in a grudge Mike match, I should call it, with no. Maria, and it was pretty damn. They they did well to make it a bitter thing because you could pretty tell much tell that. Mike, uh, Mike, that's stupid. Bennett was pissed at Mondo. Oh yeah, the two Mikes can't really say Mike at all. Yeah, no. I think he was because I think he was trying to get Mondo's been trying to get involved with Maria. Yeah, or uh, well, yeah, as mentioned back at I don't know why the show escapes me right away. Um. When they were in New York, uh, which is almost every big show. Um, um, best um, in the world. Was it? Yeah, was it best in the world? Yeah, where Mondo I think it mentioned was about it. that. It's been gone on for a while. Yeah, <laughs> where he 
pretty bladed where he pretty blatantly mentioned in the promo that he wanted to fuck Maria. His words, not mine. Although <laughs> many people would want to do that. Anyway, <laughs> Bennett uses the line, "You want to kiss my girl? You're a piece of shit, just like all of them." <laughs> Hang on, who else has Maria been with? <laughs> uh. <laughs> the dude that they would always make fun of him for. Well, you, I, I, they don't chant that anymore either. Notice that the CM Punk, the Punk stuff has been less mentioned. Yes. Yeah. Possibly because they were distracted by Mike Mondo jumping off a twenty-foot bloody entrance staging. That yes. was the annoying thing. Is on the feed that I have of it. When he did the jump, it freezes. Oh. So you see him up there, and then 10 seconds later... If it's the same same place that we saw it at, then um, they fixed it. Oh, okay. But, yeah. Anyway, yeah, regardless of that, there, yeah, there was that spot, um... At one point, and then near the end, uh, or actually the ending of it with Maria trying to, uh, Maria luring in Mondo, and then uh, Mike Bennett going for a, looked like he was going for, uh, trying to roll through, I think Mondo had an O'Connor roll on him. Oh uh, yeah, uh, Mondo getting, uh, Mondo moves out the way as Bennett tries to attack him. Yes, that one, actually, yeah. <laughs> That one exactly. Uh, Mondo uh, Mondo moves out the way. Bennett almost hits Maria. Uh, Mondo goes for the O'Connell roll. Bennett kicks out, sends Mondo into the ropes. Maria slaps him, leading into the TKO from Bennett for the victory. T- uh, t- TKO photo, fi- photo finish, whatever it's called. <laughs> I want. I don't. Um, it might be the box office smash, but I think that's the other move, or at least both. Or both. All three right. of them at the same time. <laughs> Or, yeah, the photo finish, there we go. But, yeah, the crowd game of standing innovation, and apparently, in a tiny little bit of news, he broke a collarbone at some point. He was Probably t- the 20 foot jump. Yeah. Or it might have been before that, because it looked pretty nasty when he got sent into the. When he got sent into the guard ra- or the barricade out earlier. Don't on. Talk to me about going into barricades. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> that was next up. We have kind of another rivalry with Rhett Titus and BJ Whitmer taking on wrestling greatest tag team Haas and Benjamin. Now this was a decent match as well. I'd say. Yeah, it was kind of back and forth, but you could see as well that. They really are trying to play that. Titus doesn't like the te- uh, WGTT. Yeah, not at all. At all. So, what what were your thoughts? Um, this was an interesting match too. Wasn't too bad. I wasn't uh, probably the match I was least interested in, which wasn't necessarily a bad match. Just eh, it was. I don't know, just me, me personally. Was it nothing bad? Just they've kind of been going on for a while. I don't know. If anything, you can I could see uh, World's Greatest Tag Team possibly facing off against Scum soon. 
but even then they might still have uh business with the briscoes after what happened later um but nonetheless the world's greatest tag team I believe getting the victory here yeah oh yeah they got it on with that uh double power bomb finish yeah the world's greatest tag team's finisher yeah kind of like world tag team champions of the world <laughs> gets very kind of what's it called again and then we come into yeah I don't know wow uh, this is another contender for match of the year probably and it all builds from was it two weeks ago um, two three weeks ago Killer Instinct uh, the week ago, or actually, yeah, oh, from the taping, yeah, two weeks ago, it was a week ago from Glory Bionic. Yeah. But they should basically show Steam spitting on Lethal's parents, and Lethal goes absolutely apeshit. Yeah. And Lethal basically says. Joe Coff basically told him not to bring up what happened, but because it's live, he doesn't give a crap. And that Sting can kiss his ass. And because he managed to put Jim Cornette in the hospital. Which the crowd, the crowd cheered. Yeah. yeah. The crowd were happy that Cornette was gone. It's brilliant. Two years ago, they were happy he was back. Now, all of a sudden, they were pleased that he's gone again. Happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, yeah, Our Ring of Honor basically was putting the blame on him, but they told him he was too nice and he needed to be lethal and have a killer instinct. So kind of they're playing into kind of the uh, WWE TNA style of just be yourself kind of thing. Yeah. And then he has respect for Richards, but... It may be the wrong person at the wrong time. This may or may not spoil survival of the fittest. But possibly Yeah. yeah Davy Richards versus Jay Lethal. It's I think it is up there for the probably now if if you're looking at matches of the year just in Ring of Honor, I think you now have one to rival the match between Elgin and Richards. You'd say Lethal Richards? I, I, I'd i say it may not be as good as Elgin Richards, but I thought that it was still... It's up there for being one of Ring of Honor's matches of the year. Um, my- yeah, I could see that. It, I wouldn't necessarily put it too high, but it is a, a good match. It's pretty good. I think the main event was slightly better, but we'll get into that. But yeah, Lethal Richards did deliver in this. They had a very decent encounter back at the homecoming when Richards was still champ and Davey winning at that time, defending it. But yeah, Lethal really, I'm really buying into this killer instinct with Jay Lethal. It's not, he's not necessarily, I think, gone insane. He's just shown more... Well, not sound too redundant. Killer Instinct. He ultra combat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With <Paper> the nice. 
and then this uh he won this with the lethal combination into the Koji clutch which uh made famous by Koji Kanemoto also seen by most of y'all done by Christopher Daniels most famously yeah. when he trapped AJ Styles in it as AJ Styles was bleeding passing out in their Iron Man match back at against all odds of 05 and Richards doesn't answer that clutch Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he passes out. Yes. And then after the match is over, Eddie Edwards actually comes in, checks out to make sure he's okay. Then Lethal basically comes back in, and Davy raises Lethal's hands. Yeah. So there is a nod of basically. Yeah, we both did good. Kind of thing. Yeah. So then we move into, I think that was fourth match? Yes. Fourth match. No. One, two, three, four. So that's four matches down so far. Then next up, it's supposed to be Thomas versus Strong. Oh, yeah, Tadarius Thomas taking on Roderick Strong in a challenge match. But then Strong basically walks out on the House of Truth and quits it and says that he's going to drink beer and sit in the crowd and watch Elgin lose tonight. But (laughs) so it looks like your match isn't going to happen. But. Truth Martini manages to rescue it and brings out the other member of the House of Truth, Rhino, and mm-hmm. says that they'll <laughs> afterwards they'll get Hoopla Hotties. Yeah, Hoopla is still trending in Ring of Honor, apparently. Never and that, knew it was. I know he has that show. <laughs> I haven't seen it either, but... And that TD will D-I-E to the G-O-R-E. That all spelling out a gore. (laughs) Rhino. Somehow I think this may resolve in a D-I-V-O-R-C-E of H-O-T. As we will see (laughs) pretty soon. Yes, because Rhino said... But basically Rhino says he isn't ready. And the bell goes. And this was... This was a nice little match. Obviously, it was not the scheduled one, but I still think I think Thomas showed himself off, off good. Yeah, he, yeah, he put a good little effort here. Actually, getting the victory here mm. in part due to Troop for Martini. Yeah, second goal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. There was a goal. Earlier on, I think. Was it? No, it was an att- second goal attempt, wasn't it? That got yeah. kicked. He got the kicked. Kick, and then, kick and the then into the pit. The Magistral. In. Yeah. Rhino, then. Don't get on the wrong side of Rhino. Just a bit of advice. Yeah. <laughs> because. Truth Martini gets the money in Rhino's face. Basically going, come on. Don't do it. And that doesn't work. Rhino gorilla presses him, 
onto the barricade, except he managed to make him land in the gap in the barricade. And just so much so that his inner thigh actually goes on the bare metal barrier. Yeah, it tears this... his trousers, and there is about an inch wide gash that goes for about 20, 30 centimeters on his inner thigh. Yeah, this this was a pretty nasty looking bump, and one of the nastier barricade bumps I've seen in ROH. This is at the top three. This goes along with the one from I think it was North yeah Northern Navigation where Nigel McGuinness sent Kevin Steen from the barricade on. Onto the onto the side of the apron, just tossing him, and then Steen landing on his lower back on the side of the apron as he's coming down. And another one from Final Battle 2009 in the fight without honor between Chris Hero and Eddie Kingston, with Chris Hero delivering a Gonzo bomb like maneuvered Eddie Kingston onto the barricade, onto the metal barricade, which surprisingly did not end the match. And if you ever see it you will think that should have ended the match right there. It's that nasty. Yeah. It, if you... There'll probably be a clip of it somewhere for you to see it. and Yeah. Yeah, just... Wow, that was damn nasty. And I hope... I hope Martini's okay. Yeah, we do hope so too. But he's probably... He's probably worried about that a little more than the now implosion of the house of truth and the thing i found funny at this was like the one person that you everybody was looking at to break away from the house of truth and it's not him that does it this night yeah did you know that yeah because it was they had been they've been teasing this for a long time coming that elgin was gonna break off and not only does he not do that, Rhino and Roderick just leave. Well, no, Roderick leaves. Rhino's just pissed because uh, he's Rhino. Or he I think they were trying to make Roderick leave and basically have it go that they make him the face, thinking because yeah. he leaves first. But they were still booing him. Yeah. I don't think that works. I think. I don't think you're going to be seen strong as a face, possibly... For a while. You probably won't even though he'll get over as a face. He doesn't he doesn't tend to get over as a heel really that much. Which uh insider as it does sound uh, mentioned in Davy Richard's shoot when he talks about why the No Remorse corpse, corpse broke up and they were saying, Yeah, because the office didn't think that Roddy could get over as a heel, which sadly he still kinda doesn't to this day. Yeah. But, which it, I think the thing that hurts him though is that his he doesn't have the best voice. If you've heard how he talks, <laughs> it's not kind of that nasally sounding Evan Bourne voice. Then we move into, although good talent nonetheless. So. Yeah, we move <laughs> into the triple main event now. Arguably, first off, the thirty-minute time limit TV title match between Adam Cole and Eddie Edwards. And oh, this was a this yeah. uh, was a pretty stiff, hard hitting match. Yeah, Adam Cole sporting was... some new facial hair. Team Sleaze. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly even though <laughs> that was his partner, but yeah. 
maybe is getting sleazier in ROH. It was a good match, but sometimes it was tough to watch because there was some stiff stuff. Yeah. The slingshot DDT onto the onto the apron. Uh, the slingshot DDT on the apron. Or not just any yeah spike on the apron as well. Not just yeah. And the, it was a brain buster as well towards the end, wasn't there? Uh yeah. And then the the finish came with Cole getting the Florida key on Edwards. The yeah his um his um. Um, German su- uh, is, I can't think of straight jacket German suplex finish there yeah and yeah basically after the match you could tell it was a stiff match because both guys needed ice packs yeah <laughs> the ice packs I, I noticed that too they had it in the Richards match too the ice packs I'm like somebody's been watching Japan lately or too many vanilla ice videos <laughs> Just have Suge Knight hang one of them over, over a balcony, demanding their money. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a music paper clip there. If you've ever heard that, <laughs> or for some reason chanting "Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go." <laughs> yeah, it's all at the same damn time. <laughs> for some reason, that paper clip looks like Splinter. <laughs> anyway. Is that Not a match the world tag team. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yeah, the world tag team titles now with Scum taking on the Briscoes. As we've previously mentioned, quite a lot of previous history, I think, between all four of these, especially Jacobs and the Briscoes. Hashtag yeah. Age of the Fall. Yeah, the Age of the Fall feud. Totally, yeah. How they how they debuted, yeah. Hanging up Jay Briscoe as he's bleeding down. At, uh, another another point in the feud, uh, tying Mark Briscoe up to this like gurney like uh, this gurney like thing, tying him with barbed wire to it. Where it was tied up in barbed wire, while they had him stuck on this on the on whatever the fuck it was. I can't think of what it was off the bat. And this week was it? Was it which one? Which one was revealed as the presidential candidate? Was it Jay or Mark? Uh, Mark, the yeah. one who's portrayed as the stupid one, even though he's actually really smart. Mark for president. <laughs> yeah. But this was also a, I, I, this was a very good match as well. Yeah, it's obviously with with a team like the Briscoes that have been there since day one yeah they've been they here know too. how to bring it yeah <laughs> and Steve Farino's a ring veteran and Jacobs has been around for a while yeah so overall yeah there was quite a lot of hard hitting not as hard hitting as Cole and Edwards but there was some pretty nice spots here yeah and we had the, I do remember the the Death Valley Driver combo. Oh yeah, that was that was another barricade moment, wasn't it? And somebody did, uh, I can't remember. Was it Jay? Oh yeah, the Death Valley. It was Jay Briscoe hit the Death Onto Valley Carino. Driver on Steve Carino. Yeah, 
and then they also did one on Jacobs and yeah yeah the finish came with a crotch moment I think Carino managed to crotch Mark on the ropes yeah and then Carino low blowing or uh, uh, foul kicking Jay Briscoe in the in the crotch and the, the referee, I think, was still trying to get, I guess, Mark off the ropes because he got himself. Yeah. Got a crotch there, should I say. So then Jimmy Jacobs got the victory roll and the pinfall and retaining the titles. Mm-hmm. Scum still the champs. <clears throat> and then possibly... Well, before the main event started between Elgin and Steam for the Ring of Honor title... Steen did come out and <laughs> Strong was actually in the front row and Steen went, welcome to the Kevin Steen show and pointed out a kill, yeah. kill Steen kill thing and that he's enjoying Gatorade, Fruit Punch Gatorade, that was it. He gets 80% of his t-shirt profits now. He's getting a new t-shirt. Yeah. And that Lethal can kiss his ass. Because his parents are banned from all Ring of Honor events and you'll never have to face Lethal again. And they're also making him a new belt. And the Package Pile Drivers League also basically... He thinks he's... God kind of thing. Yeah. He probably is. Yeah, he feels like he's on top of the world, which he has been in Ring of Honor... And now here comes somebody, Michael Elgin, trying to oppose his spot on the top. Somebody who's been rising. It is worth noting, Elgin doesn't come out to House of Truth. Yeah, he, doesn't he comes come out to different music. Oh. So House of Truth died. Seemingly. Pretty much. And this was... I'd probably agree with you here as well as this was... A very good match as well. Mainly because you've got two guys that basically don't know what a lack of worth ethic is. <laughs> you could put these guys in a two-hour match and they make it go four. Because there was... Wow. The, the, the other thing that seemed to be hanging around this match for some reason was... El Generico chance. Yes, a lot of them. And very interestingly, um, maybe playing on the fact that uh, due to El Generico working uh, Dragate USA and Evolve Bits as a late, Nigel McGinnis mentioning a guy that we don't, uh, we can't mention his name. And then what does Kevin Kelly do? Say Generico right after. (laughs) (laughs) We can't say his name because he isn't here. How yeah. Generico? Yeah, Generico stuff. It's like, oh. And then I didn't notice it when I was watching it, but my friend from the alternate universe show was pointing out how Kevin Kelly kept on calling Davy Richards Eddie Edwards. Oh, nice. So who, who was in the Adam Cole match? Davy Richards? I guess, well... That's kind of funny, especially if you've seen how, if you see how they, um, how they're both kind of very similar. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there was... There was a nice bit as well with the... I think he was... He was Steam was choking Elgin with the boot. And then he went to the referee, I got five. I got five, damn it. And of course, that's Brian Danielson territory. Cue huge oh, yeah. yes chance from the crowd. And then there was a pretty... I think there was a, it was a sleeper hold on Elgin from Steen on his back. And then I don't know whether he jumped or whether he fell, but they went through the table. Oh, yeah. Which was a nice little bit. And... I think it was... Yeah, the finish came with Elgin going for the 360 powerbomb and hitting it, but Steen kicks out. Yeah. And Elgin can't believe it. Uh, and then at then one Elgin, point... Or did, had Steen hit the package pile dr- or on him already, or was that after? He he hit... No, yeah, he did hit the package pile driver on Elgin, but Elgin did kick out. Which was, yeah, that. a big... Uh, some fans actually... A big false finish on that. Some of the fans actually already throwing streamers. Oh, even with the even with the F sank, yeah, same style kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah, Elgin basically goes for it again, or lifts it. But I think pulls him up and then hits a spin bat fist, and then oh no, he lifts. I think he lifts him up onto the turnbuckle, doesn't he? Yeah. And it's the back fist, and then <laughs> Steam manages to hit a top rope package pile driver to definitely end it. And that, yeah, that was it. And just to keep the storyline going any further, we had Roderick Strong come back out because I think. Did he get involved strong? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, he was. He was st- He was still there at ringside, and then Elgin beat the shit out of him, taking him to the back. Yeah, that was it. And then Strong comes back and hits Elgin with a sli- with a sit kick, and goes to yeah. the back. Then the referee comes out with a box. Paul, yeah, Paul, referee Paul Turner handing the box, ending a box to Nigel McGuinness, which Nigel McGuinness was to give to Kevin Steen. And the best bit was Steen basically going, "Where's my music? Where's my music?" And then he goes, "Oh, you got to expect one fuck up on an iPad." Yes, I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then basically McGuinness says he was t- told by the referee to tell Steen that. If he retained the title, he personally had to deliver the box of steam. And of course, everybody, the whole idea is it's supposed to be, oh, look, it's the new title. It's turned up. And all this time, as if they've already heard the rumours, this big Olay chant starts building and building and building. And he opens the box and there is a shitload of newspaper in it. Yeah, a lot of it. And then you don't see what's in the box, but then you just look at it. Or you just see his react his facial reaction. 
for a minute, and, I thought it was the light bulb, like the bo- the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and you'd never find out. Yeah. No. The MacGuffin in this. Hit the MacGuffin for it. And then... You see the normally the normally self-assured, confident Steen turn. You see that expression start to to worry. As inside the box was, and I, I one of the and I was mentioning earlier how um, Kevin Kelly made a few mess ups here, and he probably put it best when he was like, "Wrestling's worst nightmare just saw his own nightmare, and that nightmare being the one guy who can actually do shit to Kevin Steen, <laughs> El Generico." Well, actually, just his mask inside, but yeah, uh, mass El Generico's mask being sent. Pretty much saying that El Generico is coming for Steen. And which is interesting, of course, with what they were mentioning earlier, the Ole chants and everything. Also the fact, and what I was led to believe also, that El Generico wasn't going to come back to Ring of Honor anytime soon because of working for one game, Sapolsky, and DGSA Evolve. But as uh, Sal Hamoy, who's like Gabe Sapolsky's business partner, mentioned that, El Generico does not have a contract with either DGUSA or ROH, meaning he's free to appear for either one, really. Wolfie WG. Yeah. So, yeah. It's... So, what looked like it was going one way at Final Battle now seems to be going backwards. (laughs) Which It will still be a good match, but... This will be the third time in four years, I think, that Steen and Generico will have faced off. Technically four times in four years. Because 09 was when Steen turned on Generico. 10 was when they faced each other in... Steen lost his job. Yeah. 11, Steen got his job back by taking on Jacobs, but Generico also came out afterwards to face off with Steen. And now it looks like at 2012, that show in December, most likely, is going to be, once again, Steen versus Generico, except this time, it's probably going to be for the world title. And I think I might have worked out how it's going to happen, the results. My thoughts is, Steam retains against Generica. And then somehow, despite however much he want, doesn't want it to happen, you're going to have Steam versus Lethal. Yes. Uh, you know, the multi, multi-event show. No. Yeah. Uh, you know, WrestleMania weekend. Ah, uh, yeah, see that because it's New Jersey. Yeah, which is, well, is it New Jersey or is it happening in New York? It's it'd probably be in New Jersey, or they might do it in New York for that. The WrestleMania twenty nine is in, as I mentioned before, East Rutherford, New Jersey, at MetLife Stadium. Let me have a quick look at the ROH, but that's the way I think it's going to work. They're going to have. 
Lethal go over and get the title in pretty much his hometown. I'm thinking. Possibly. I'm just having a quick look because you've got, well, you've also got their anniversary show in March as well. Yeah. Look at that. But then, yeah, Supercard of Honor is going to be, ah, Supercard of Honor is in the same building as Final Battle. Hammerstein Ballroom. New York, mm. New York, New York. So good they named it too many times. Mm. Probably. But don't think there's any... Yeah, there's no details yet as to who's in the matches. I mean, my guess is at least one of them is probably going to be Steam. Yeah. But the fact as well it's going to be on a Sunday, I'm liking, I'm look, I'm liking that. I'm just, uh, they've got a list of stars that are going to appear, apparently. First, the wrestlers signed on to compete. You got st- basically the t- all three of the sets of the champions: Dean Jacobs, Carino, and Cole. Strong, Richards, Elgin, Edwards, Lethal, the Briscoes, Kyle O'Reilly, Haas and Benjamin, Titus and Whitmer. But obviously, we'll know more in the next fifty days or so as we mm. count down to that. So. Yeah, overall, very good show. If if it is Delirious that did it all himself, he did a very good job. I will say that. What were your thoughts on uh, Delirious's booking? Um, I thought Glory by Honor is really a refreshing change of pace from what we've seen from ROH this year because this year's very they've been and even in general kind not necessarily Ring of of Honor in general kind of has been disappointing especially considering the old times but even regardless of that just this year in general has had its highs and lows they've had the TV deal which is done okay for them they have visibility nothing too bad but the iPay-per-view issues have been plaguing them. And um, you've had the Kevin Steen's worked out well. You've had Michael, the rise of Michael Elgin, Adam Cole to a lesser extent. Jay Lethal starting to make his rise now. Um, and I know it's just hopefully Ring of Honor can continue on with Delirious now fully booking Ring of Honor instead of just Delirious and Cornette. And from what it looks like, sadly, Cornette might have been the problem. Yeah. Which I think Cornette could still be used in ROH, and I believe they are still going to use him as an on-air figure, which I have no problem with that. Because he's still useful in that sense as a f- authority figure, as a manager, which I'd like to see them continue on with. But as long as he's not booking... I'd probably be fine with that. We need to see what Delirious has. And apparently Cornette knew it himself as he's as the reports have stated he's the one who decided to quit. So more power to him in realizing that maybe this wasn't working out with him to try something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm just having a quick look for the TV tapings that they're doing November 3rd. They've 
already signed a world TV title match with Cole taking on O'Reilly. And also a rematch from Showdown in the Sun. Elgin versus Richards too. Which hopefully yeah. is better than Eddie Edwards versus Davey Richards too. Or was it three that was the one that sucked? I can't remember. Um, three. Yeah, Final Battle wasn't that good. Yeah. Final Battle in 2011 wasn't that good. Best in the world, I didn't mind. The first one, I think, is their best. And even the match they had on Ring of Honor TV was really good, too, this year. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, with that, I think that is all the indie wrestling stuff that we're covering for this week, anyway. Pretty much. Just a quick notice, though, before we go through the typical show outro kind of style notes with the emails yes you can still email into us and give us your thoughts on indie wrestling thoughts on ring of honor thoughts on shikara thoughts on anybody or even shows that we don't talk about if there's a local show in your area that you think deserves some attention for having some great matches go ahead and tell us we, we want to try and cover as many different promotions as we can. But it's just... Obviously, they've got to be relatively accessible to us. Because we can't just give a really thought on just looking at results. Yeah. Especially if we don't know who quite a lot of them are. I know with the Beyond stuff we did earlier, I don't think, Randy, you were sure of 100% of them, but most of them you knew, I think. No, yeah, I've heard of Beyond Wrestling, just haven't really seen a lot of their stuff. There, You can watch a lot of their stuff on their YouTube page on Beyond Wrestling. I've actually, like, you can like them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter. One promotion I was mentioning earlier, Resistance Pro, is something that we'll probably be covering, especially since I've been watching Resistance Pro TV. Yeah. Currently on CS Still on Episode 3, which has uh, the ego Robert Anthony taking on a guy by the name of I should say it like that John Morrison Hennigan yes that same John Morrison in the WWE and a pretty good match there and Harry Smith taking on Lonesome Jay Bradley who uh, some of you might remember back in the WWE for his brief appearances as Ryan Braddock back in 2008 oh, nine. just as long as he wasn't Braden Walker <laughs> But, yeah, the note about the email, we ha- it has been changed. So the email that you now need to... Well, the email address that you now need is wholeindie. That's W-H-O-L-E-I-N-D-Y at snsradionetwork.com. So that's wholeindie at snsradionetwork.com. Send your emails there, your, your news, your thoughts, your duck, 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 goose chance. I don't know. Send it into that email address. And every week I check it, and if you receive messages, we will read them on the air. So that's the email news out of the way with the update. So... 
that's us finished pretty much but make sure you check out all the other programming here on the SNS Radio Network Tuesdays you've got Wrestling News Live with Bronx and JJ at 9pm Eastern then Thursday nights you've got TNA Chat Live with Bronx at 10.30 Eastern straight after the post show that Impact does Friday at 11pm Eastern you've got the open book with myself and Sean with me going solo this past week which may or may not be rubbish delete as appropriate producer (laughs) 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 or just leave it in and that just kind of reflects how it could or could not go I don't know but and then when there is a pay-per-view on Sunday Night Showdown the past TNA show this past weekend with JJ and Shark and Bronx was a great show for the humour and well the pay-per-view was good as well but I don't want everyone to get too much into that we won't at all (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was a great show and Shark and JJ will be doing it again in a couple of weeks with hopefully hopefully arrested up Harmony Harmony get well soon with your voice with your laryngitis hope that Hope that uh, eases up and we get to hear your your dulcet tones. I was trying to f- I was trying to find something that was grand grandiose and stuff. And me being English, I nearly failed, but I managed to rescue it somehow. But yeah, get well soon, Harmony. Also, Trey, hope everything's going well with you. Hope you uh, get back as soon as you're ready to come back as well. Well, I mentioned that there because of the live situation. But yeah, the with Sunday Night Showdown, Sunday is 8pm Eastern. The next one is going to be next weekend for WWE's Hell in a Cell. May or may not feature horns. Randy, uh, what podcast have we got to cover We've got just a couple podcasts here. We, of course, got Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman going through the past and history of wrestling. This time, uh, WCW, they've been going through a lot. Got the new episode of WCW 101 Chapter 9, WCW Monday Nitro, so you can check that one out. Of course, you can check out this podcast, the whole indie show, um, and... Did I forget one? Oh, no, I didn't forget it. Or, yeah, I take that back. Running the ropes, two. and of course, there you go, two of them. Or three, if you count one and two. And the, uh, uh not even trying to fuck it up. Elite. <laughs> the Elite Force Podcast. Sorry, mine. Why? The Elite Force Podcast, the midweek and weekend edition. Walkie, Mind White, the rest of the crew, you can check them out there. Still want that crossover eventually. That shit's going to happen, goddammit. <laughs> and there is a new show coming to the network I don't know whether it's this week or next week but the announcement is going to be made this coming week so keep an eye out for that on the website, on the Facebook page probably on Twitter or wherever 
Just keep an eye out. I believe I know what it is, but I'm not naming and shaming. This is, you know, <clears throat> we've already dragged too much of the curtain already. Yeah. If we drag too, too much. much, it's going to be a fire hazard. So. Or TNA know. when Russo was booking. Or <laughs> Russo booking in general. But yeah, that it would be great to, a new, great to have a new addition to the network. So looking forward to that. And mentioning that in podcast recaps at the end of recordings of the whole indie show. Uh, speaking of that, any final words, Randy, as you introduce Song of the Night? Um, none that I can really think of. I already, sports-wise, I pretty much put that, what I wanted to about uh, my team winning. Um, I don't know what, well, politics, yeah, let's not get into that at all, or ever on this show. <laughs> but, um, nonetheless, I'm introduced Song of the Night for you because... Quite frankly, I picked that shit. And it is a song called High Road by Dara Durian, who is a musician out of Brooklyn, used to do, uh, currently on hiatus with a band called Dirty Projectors. I don't even know if she's in it. And the reasons, the reason, uh, the reason that why Angel Dara Durian, that's her full name, Angel Dara Durian is not in the band is kind of shady at that, but that's totally not for this show. Although I would love to do a music show, and if we did, we could talk about it there. Nonetheless, this comes off for a debut EP, Mind Ref, came out in 2009. Song I really like. think she's pretty hot, too. Dare Durian by High Road. That's your show for today. And Ashley, of course, you do the closing, so let me take it to you there. <laughs> yeah. So, with that, this was Randy. This was Ashley. And this was your slice of indie goodness for this week. We'll see you next week for more of the whole indie show right here on the SNS Network. Bye all. San Diego is awesome, except for Philip fucking Rivers. Excuse me, sir. Would you happen to know the time? Yeah, bitch. It's time to trap.
let us never speak of this again.